Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Hello, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what a, a musical opening. Yeah. Matt and I have started a band. Okay. Um, you know what else is a musical opening? Your mum's butt. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm regretting that. Damn it. Well, you're regretting taking my catchphrase. Yeah. Good. Is it, is it So that's something you say on the podcast. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely have before. I mean, we, I mean we've got dogoonpod.com slash ya mum's butt is, yeah. is a page on our website. So I must right. have okay. said yes. it on okay, air. Cool. But okay. I do say it off air a lot. A lot. You say that. Too much. So much. So much. So much. So much. Which is also the name of our band. Yes. So much. Um, thank you, and uh, thank you, and good night, West. So much. Will you please ex- uh, accept this flyer to our upcoming Battle of the Bands gig? Oh, I'd love to support you in the battle. Being held in a primary school gymnasium. Oh, I'm going to boo those little kids. Yeah, no, the children won't be there. It'll be an after hours thing. Oh, okay. I thought you were competing against eleven year olds. I'm just having flashbacks to when I used to compete in Battle of the Bands, and they were always in a school gym. 
Right. Did you ever win a Battle of the Bands? God, no. Really? But we were often the only all-girl band. Oh, that's great. Or, some, yeah, occasionally the only band that had a girl in it. It was just like four teenage boys. Yeah, I, I was probably competing against you. Yeah. Won a couple of Battle of the Bands. Did you? Yeah, got a one time got a, given a giant novelty check. Cool. And then was really annoyed to realise that that is not, uh, that's not cashable. Oh, that like, is They take the check back and give you a real check. So why have why get the big one made? No, it's very annoying. Because that would be expensive as well. Yeah, I, I guess it was. And at the time, it was it was big money. Between the four of us, $500. Whoa. <laughs> Woo. Between the how many of you? Four. That's pretty good. Four, that's a real small scar band. How many of you were on saxophone? Uh, three out of four. <laughs> three out of four. And, then there was the others, and you're on trombone. Uh, tenor sax. Tenor sax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count it as a real sax. <laughs> nah, that's way cooler than the other <laughs> yeah. sax. What do you call the other sax? Normal sax. Yeah, just regular sax. Yeah. And again, Scar is the one, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah, that's right. As far as I understand it. But I am a musicologist, so I would understand it. Okay? So no more questions. Is that okay? Yep. Okay, great. Now, if this is the first time you listen to the show, we're about to start it, but I'm going to give my good friend Matt Stewart just a quick chance to plug his upcoming stand-up comedy shows. Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm touring my new show, Bone Dry, and it's coming to Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne, and maybe other places as well. You can find out details for all of those at mattstewartcomedy.com slash gigs. And if you use the code, do go on. Uh, there's an early bird discount for... At least the time being, I believe. I don't know when it runs out, but it's it's definitely live now because I was told that yesterday. So act today, not tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But um, preferably yesterday when Matt was told. Yes, definitely. Also, very quick plug for Dave's podcast, Book Cheat, comes out bi-weekly, which means every two weeks, I think. That is. So it comes out basically, I'm going to just make it twice a month because some that makes have sense. five Tuesdays. But uh, quick plug for it. Got the Christmas special coming up next week, and you two are the guests on it. I it was, have forgotten that. It was such, I think it was one of the silliest podcasts I've ever been involved <laughs> yeah. in. And I apologize profusely to you, and I apologize profusely to you. I apologize to you too, Jess. Was I a bit feral on that one? No, nah, you were so funny. Um, Dave? Ferally funny. Okay. My, uh, my usual. <laughs> And this week's Primates features a comedy hero of mine. I still can't really believe he came on. Uh, Tony Martin. No. Yeah. The Tony Martin. He was sitting in this studio. And another comedy hero, Josh Earl. Oh, my God. The Josh Earl. Yes. So, what a great combo. Uh, and it was so much fun. A lot of the podcast was me and Josh going, and Tony, um, what about the time <laughs> you did this? Can you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> That's the best. And occasionally he'd be like, oh, and yeah, there was sort of, and he'd be trying to tie it back into primates. It's like, don't worry about that anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> get rid of the premise, Tony. Just give us your sweet stories. Nothing matters anymore that you're here, Tony. <laughs> I can't wait to listen Why to it. Why are you here, Tony? Yeah, because I kind of, I hope to listen to it and hear Matt sort of just be like, oh, um, oh I'll oh. try and edit that out, but I won't, no! be able to, I won't be able to get all of that out. That's so cute. And so that comes out tomorrow. So, so cool i still yeah it still seems pretty surreal to me yeah that is wild and awesome so cool so, um, so well cool. also i've got uh, i've got news oh please um uh this week at my house yeah i plugged in my old Wii 
and oh, played a bit of Mario Kart. That is fun. So that'll be, um, yeah, you guys can check that out. <laughs> can oh, like no. you like, I believe Twitch, is that where people stream yeah, their video games? Yeah, fuck it. I'm a gamer now. I'm a full on. You're going all in. I'm a gamer. Also, That's... I tried to buy different Wii games. They don't make new games for Wii anymore. Um, You're a retro gamer. Yeah, I'm a retro gamer. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Today I Googled how to unlock new levels on Mario Kart Wii. That's I can't even understand that kind of gamer talk. I know. That's so old. I mean, <laughs> did you have to get a converter for that? <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying we've all got stuff going on. Yeah, we we totally do. Well, now we've stopped plugging our stuff going on. Matt, let's get into the show because you said it's going to be a long one, but a fun one and a great one. I think this may be the longest report I've ever written. I've done more research, I think, than ever ever before. What's this, like two and a half pages? I've, great. I honestly have spent all week with this <coughs> and it's. I'm a bit nervous about it because it's a... Anyway, I'll, let's get into it and then we can talk a bit about a uh, bit more about it. The way this show works for those tuning in for the first time, uh, we each... Uh, take it in turns, each episode uh, and research topic and do a report on it. The other two don't know what that topic is, so Dave and Jess don't know what I'm about to tell them about. And we get on a topic with a question. Uh, the question is, the Branch Davidians were a Christian sect at the centre of which tragic 1990s siege? 1990s siege. Siege. Oh, I think I've... If oh. you're Dave's clutching his head. If That's you, never good. Because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. I put this up to the vote. Se- oh. Seven different topics I put up to the patrons for a vote. This beat um, uh, a serial killer. Wow. Right. Is it the – because I've put it up for a vote as well before and it just came second. Right. That time. Interesting. It is, is it the Waco Siege? It is the Waco Siege. Oh. If I, if I was in your position, my guess would have been Under Siege 2. The oh, this time it's Steven personal. Seagal. Right. Film. Under Siege 2, what is it called? It's the one on the train. It's called, oh, Dark Territory. That's the name of it. Under Siege really? 2, Dark Territory. Because the whole concept is they're on a train that's out of control. Uh, it's going to smash into another train that's filled with oil. But they're on the other side of a mountain. So they're in dark territory and they can't contact anyone. Wait. And that, so the first one was on a on a naval ship? Yeah. With and Tommy they Lee took Jones. that in, inland. What yeah, a, I love it. Oh, that's a wild. Train, they did a reverse speed. The, yeah, speed went the other direction. They went anyway. That's too much fun, and we should talk more about that off the pod. Um, <laughs> this has suge- been suggested by a lot of people. I just did a quick browse through. So sorry if I miss your name, but it was suggested by how do you how do you say C I A N? Is that Sean? Duh. I'm going to say Sean Lanigan, David James Gaskell, Seamus Dobbs. Gunnar Goodall, what a name. Wow. Nathan Wesselo, Adam Stoltz, thank you, Adam, for having a pronounceable name. Anthony, (laughs) thanks for not having a surname. Ryan Campbell and Tessa Stickland. Awesome. So it's been uh, a Molto Benny requested. That means many good requested. (laughs) 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 All right, well, let's get stuck in. I should say uh, this, this is a very contentious event. Still, over 25 years later, people are still debating what really happened, that sort of stuff. So I'm going to tell the story as best as I can. You, uh, If you know a lot about it, you're probably going to disagree with stuff, but just know that I'm, I'm having a bloody go. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, I think if you, are, if you feel passionate about this, maybe you shouldn't listen to this. Cool. All right. All right. Um, well, I'm turning off because I'm really <laughs> passionate. Uh, okay. Well, fair warning, Dave, if you're going to keep those headphones on. Enter at your own risk. The key man in the Waco siege is a man. Do, would you remember this, Dave? 
No, because I only briefly looked into it and then it came second. So right. I was like, put that back in the hat. Yeah, I, I don't I, obviously because it it all came uh, came to a head in in the early nineties. So you wouldn't. Re- I don't remember it. Yeah, not on the, the news time. or anything. I'm yep. sure you, you wouldn't. But it was huge worldwide news anyway. Mm. Uh, the key man in the Waco siege is David Koresh. He's the leader of a cult at the center of, of the Waco uh, siege. Uh, that cult being the Branch Davidians. Maybe it, some people would say it's not a cult. It's just a, it's an offshoot of a, a religion. Depending on which side of it you're yeah, on. It's an offshoot like, of a bigger cult. Cult or it's just a Christian religion. Every the, every religion starts as a cult if you're going to call a small religion a cult. Anyway, right? So that's one thing I'm sure some people... Anyway, I'm going to try not to second-guess everything I say. Mm. Koresh was born Vernon Wayne Howell. Uh, Vernon. It, it took... Because there's an oh. all-time great St Kilda player. He's a, a Hall of Famer called Vernon Howell. And I'm like, what are oh. the odds? But it's slightly different, so no big deal. Vernon, though. Vernon. I think... Classic. Can you no. believe he, he changed his name to David? You watched a lot of Harry Potter lately. I did. I watched all of it. Uncle Vernon. Uh, what is he? The red guy's dad? <laughs> oh, boy. I was going to say the Vernon Dursley Yeah, is the only Vernon I think I know. Mm. Don't know a great anything. name. Great name. Very close to Vermin. Yeah. Oh, I see why she did it. <laughs> is he a rat? Is he yeah. the rat? He's the rat man. <clears throat> He's a rat man. Is he the rat man? And a scat man. do be the bum bum <laughs> uh, so he was born uh, to Mother Bonnie Clark on August the 17th, 1959 in Houston, Texas. Bonnie was only 14 or 15 when she gave birth. And the father, who's uh, 18-year-old Bobby Wayne Howe, left before Vernon was born, meaning oh. he never met his dad. Um, he didn't change his name till much later, but for ease, I'll, I'll just start calling him Crash from here. Mm-hmm. Crash spent many of his early years in the care of his grandparents. Obviously, his mum was very young, and I, I guess that that was one of the reasons why he was basically brought up by his grandparents. And he attended a Seventh Day Adventist church, um, which is what the uh, the Davidians are, uh, split off from. He studied the Bible and had it memorized by his teenage years. I watched a bunch of documentaries. His mum is in a lot of them, um, and she talks about how he. He went through and he, he memorized the New Testament by the age, I think it was like the age of eight or something. Like uh, legitimately memorized. Well, that's how they, they made it sound. He Page six, top left, first word. Greg. <laughs> Damn, he's good. <laughs> I've written Greg at the top of every page. <laughs> my name's Greg. It's my Bible. Um, uh, he dropped out of school to take up carpentry. Um, and I oh. know another guy who... Dropped out of school to take up carpentry. It's my friend Matthew Flanagan. <laughs> he actually didn't. He didn't drop out. He did it after year twelve. Anyway, it doesn't matter. In his <laughs> not in, in his twenties, he moved Matthew out. Matthew Flanagan or Vernon? No, we're back to Vernon. Uh, in his twenties, he moved out of uh, out to LA to try to make it as a rock star. It was a muso. Loved shredding on the guitar. Right, okay, so he's got a few hobbies going on then. He's yeah, got a lot, you know, he's d- the Bible, carpentry, guitar. I was say. His other hobbies are religion, which I don't think any devoutly religious person would refer to it as a hobby. Yeah, that might be. What are your hobbies? Religion. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I dabble in a little a bit of the Bible. Now on the side, obviously yeah. my main, Yeah, I get my main crust from carpentry. Yeah. And out on the side. It was on weekends. Because your side hustle is the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. 
But he, he really was, he was like a, a Bible guru. He wasn't very good at studying in the traditional sense, um, probably had dyslexia, got teased a lot at school. He found uh, school years very lonely, um, but he loved the Bible. Um, mm. He didn't make it as a rock star and before long returned to Texas and joined the Seventh-day Adventists. Is that a band or? Uh, yes, they were a scat band. They sound a little bit like... Oh, tennis sacks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My favourite kind. But I wanted to do something that wasn't the thing I've done twice. I was trying to do a switcheroo and the only so other sound I could think of. was a different saxophone. Yeah. I guess the other thing sound you make isn't a saxophone, is it? Nah. It's the scat man. It's a scat man. Do you guys remember the proud moment in our lives last month when we were on Baker Street in London and we were listening to Baker Street? What a moment. Play, Dave, play I'll on, never forget that. Play on an iPhone. Offers outside the Sherlock Holmes Museum. Oh. <laughs> Some people are having photos of Sherlock Holmes Museum <laughs> and we've got... <laughs> and laughing about it. Oh, we, we we're real fun. smart. We're real smart people. That's <laughs> <laughs> the songs. Uh, <laughs> songs the name of the street world. <laughs> we had a good old time there. <laughs> we laughed and laughed. Very good fun. Uh, so, anyway, so Koresh, he joined the Seven Day Adventures. Yes, that's right. So he, he was getting into an organised church. Um, but he didn't get on with the church elders and was kicked out after a while. Apparently, he had a vision um, that uh, he read a passage of the Bible when he was thinking about the preacher's daughter. And he's like, this is a sign that I'm meant to be with her from God. And he went and he, he talked to the pastor or whatever. And it's like, yeah, God wants me to be with your daughter. Oh, okay. And the pastor's like, no, I don't think that's what God's saying. And he's like, no, nah, it is. And he wouldn't drop it. And then he yeah, eventually got kicked out. That's one. Did anybody consult her at all? Or you just went, just go straight to dad, and dad go straight to no. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> I think he, I don't look. I don't. I don't know. I read that. That's just one version of events that you read. And who were you thinking of when you were reading that? I don't. But if, I mean, if you do believe in God, I reckon that probably does mean that if if there is an all powerful God, mm. and He says. Date the daughter, just check in with the priest. I don't, look, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, God's never reached out to me like that. Uh, anyway, let's go back Yet. to the, Exactly. Let's go back to the 1930s when, according to History.com, a disgruntled member of the Seventh-day Adventist church named Victor Hutef broke away and founded the Davidian movement. Um, so there's a whole other story, but I won't go into it, but he... he um, fought with Seventh Day Adventist elders. He's like, we're we're losing track of what we should be doing here. He wrote a thesis about it. They said they'd get back to him. Uh, a lot of them never replied. One guy did, saying, "Nah, you're on the wrong track, mate. Doesn't you, you're you're barking up the wrong bush, sort of thing." Mm. They were quoting The Simpsons even back then. And um, <laughs> smartest thing you ever said. So he went, "All right, I'm going to start my own thing," which he did. Uh, when he died. A man named Ben Roden uh, led an offshoot of that movement known as the Branch Davidians. And by 1962, uh, he took over Hutef's original settlement at Mount Carmel near Waco. Just to who took it over, sorry? Koresh. Ben Roden. Oh, Roden, sorry, sorry. Koresh is at this stage is still a, yep, he's, yep. He's a, young, just a youngster. 
Gotcha. But Roden's taking it over in Waco. Yes, I believe so. Uh, the branches' teachings, including that the Bible is literally the word of God, and they started to find clues about the apocalypse and the second coming of Christ. So they, they really took everything literally, and they, they thought that all the all the meaning of life and the secrets of everything were basically in the words of the Bible. Sounds like they weren't really taking it literally because they were looking for hidden messages. Yeah, okay, within the literal words. That's, that is true. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean here, by that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, in 1978, Ben Roden died, and his wife Lois took over as leader of the branch. Lois, yeah, that's a leader I could get get behind. Well, uh, so could Koresh, because three years later he arrived. Now 22, he uh, got to Mount Carmel. According to an article in the New Yorker, he arrived in a yellow Buick. It's a bit of bit of flavour there. You don't. It's a mm. bit of extra detail. You don't necessarily need to know, but I like that I know it. Yeah. Look, now you've got a picture in your head. Yeah, he's got a surfboard Cl- on the roof for some reason. <laughs> Close your eyes, Dave. What else do you see? Uh, he's got fluffy dice hanging from the rearview mirror. Yeah. What colour are they? Red with white dots. Yep. yep. What else do you see? Uh, he's got a mullet. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, he wears sunglasses. Yes. Even at night. Yeah, that sounds like him. Well, he wears sunglasses type glasses, but with Seeing glass lenses. He's lis- ah. he's listening- so you're close. Okay, and he's listening to country music. Well, I mean, probably. I mean, you're telling me. Well, I th- did you go travel back there? Yeah, I feel like a f- high power was reaching out just then. All right, mate. You think you're having a... I've got to go talk to the priest about... <laughs> <laughs> I've got to talk to the priest about something. <laughs> um, so he rocked up in his yellow Buick and... Uh, as another in a long line of disenchanted Seventh-day Adventists in search of a purer church. He was not slick or charismatic. This is all words from the New Yorker. In, not in the conventional sense. Anyway. Much like our Jess Perkins. Not hey! charismatic. <laughs> not I, am, in the, I am slick, though. But not in the conventional sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm unconventionally slick <laughs> in that I'm very oily. How much, well, <laughs> how much of this description do you relate to? He was thin with long, wavy, dark hair and a gentle manner. I'm, are you, I, I'm flustered that you called me thin. I'm saying, look, you got long wavy hair, you got a gentle manner. (laughs) You're hyperventilating over there? A little bit. (sighs) He was good with engines and guns and he played in a rock band. Yes, you entered a battle of the bands and lost. His formal education was limited. His vocabulary which is a word I struggle with, unfortunately. <laughs> his vocabulary there it is. was full of words of his own invention, <laughs> which I like. Hey, Shakespeare made up a lot of words exactly. too Damn that right. we still use. Hey, Shakespeare made hey. up a lot. Hey. Hey. That was yeah, just a couple of them. That's his yeah. defense. Remember in Hamlet when he was like, hey, 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 hey I'm talking to a ghost here. <laughs> Hey, well, look at me holding a skull over here. <laughs> yeah, I know the, I know the works of the bard. I'm going to see Twelfth Night next week. Oh, oh. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Did you? I did. Is yeah, it good? Am I going to enjoy Melbourne it? Theatre Company. I will oh. say it is a bit of a delightful romp. Very silly, but Twelfth Night is very silly. Really? I tell you what, you two and your affluent East weekend behaviours. Oh, just off to see some high feeder. <laughs> you, know, you know what they don't tell ah. Did you know this? That, uh... Colin Hay from Men at Work is in it. Get fucked. I'm not kidding. I was watching. So it's a very musical Shakespeare. So I've seen it a couple of times and both times they put music in. They're playing a lot. He's playing a, a jester type. Very funny. 
as this Scottish, I'm sitting in the, the second row, it's very close, but he's got lots of makeup on and I'm thinking to myself, that guy looks a lot like Colin Hay, but surely they would have advertised the show as having Colin Hay if Colin Hay was in it. Walk into the foyer, there is a, people having programs and there's it's Colin Hay. That is awesome. Tim, Frank Woodley's in it. Great. I'm so excited. Holy it was going to be the reason we got tickets over a year ago is because it was going to be <sighs> Jeffrey Rush. And then Jeffrey Rush has been in court a lot lately. So he's not playing it, but Frank Woodley is. So I'm still pretty excited, yeah. to be honest. Frank Woodley and Colin Hay. Why didn't they advertise Colin Hay? I have no idea. Whoa! Sorry to derail. Sorry that ruined cool. a surprise for you. No, but it's very. It was. He, does and he, he was do very. Does he sing? Does he sing? Stuff? Yeah, lots of singing. So I would. I reckon I, I would have recognised his voice. Yeah, that's exactly the song I have had. No, in my he head. does a lot of. Uh, he, he plays a twelve-string guitar. Very nice. Fuck yeah! Oh, I'm so excited. I would have thought it'd be a lute or something. There is a bit of sort of lute action in in the music. Lute on, son. <laughs> Sorry to derail you there, Maddie. Please. Oh, that's exciting. Why did I get? Oh, because we're talking about Hamlet. So like, hey! it sounds like they're they're making Shakespeare fun. <laughs> Woodley and that does sound great. Yeah. Which one's Twelfth Night? Is that the one with the Tempest? Uh, <laughs> very good. It's uh, it's it's to do with two twins. Ah, uh, two twins that wash the up. The perfect on a... number of twins in my book. Yes, that wash up on a beach, and they're even though different genders, very uh, identical, and they swap. Oh right, I'm a boy playing. Yeah, a girl, that kind of thing. And if no one can, be- it's because it's quite it's a bit of a farce. But they can't believe it. Oh my goodness! But you look exactly like him. But you're saying you're a girl. Oh my goodness! But yeah, you go along with the fun. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, Shakespeare plays are meant to be stupid and mocked. I'm, right. I'm sorry that we're taking. <laughs> That's what he wrote. That's why he wrote them. Some culture in the cultural hub of Australia, Melbourne. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Everyone... Do you reckon Shane Bourne named his kid Mel? That feels like something Shane Bourne would do, you know? Yeah. Mel Bourne. I think it would sound a little something like this. Hello, welcome to Thank God You're Here. I'm Shane Bourne. It's my impression of Shane That's Bourne. That's spot on. It's not bad. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, still going on this description uh, of... Oh, great. Oh, sorry. Correct. So he's, he's thin... Not charismatic, but he's making up words making left, up right, words. and center. He wore dirty jeans, t-shirts, and sneakers. And after study sessions, oh my god, Jess is showing us her filthy pants. <laughs> <laughs> I show you that I'm wearing sneakers. I assumed you already knew I was wearing jeans because you could you see. You are in a t-shirt, jeans, and sneakers. Yes, I'm always in those three things. Uh, well. Is this true of you? After study sessions, would gather some of the other young men and yes. head into Waco to uh-huh. drink beers and play some rock and roll. That sounds like me. Okay, so he's a party dude. All about rock and roll, baby. Yeah, it sounds like, like sometimes some accounts talk about him like that and other ones other times. Anyway, we'll get, get through that. The New Yorker article goes on to say, though, that when it came to the Bible, he was without peer. One of the Davidians later wrote that the first few times he heard Koresh speak, he was convinced that this was of God and that Koresh made scripture come alive. He showed that all of the prophets in the Bible were writing more for for our day than for their own time. So when he talked about it, people were like, yeah, this is this speaks to me now. And that, that same guy talked about it when Lois was in charge and her teachings and they were like, I don't know about this. And then Koresh came in and, and 
and he was like, whoa, this is all, this is talking to me. Apparently not, just a really, had something about him. But he's not that charismatic off book. But as soon as he starts reading the Bible, yeah. people are like, okay. He's unconventionally charismatic and he just, but people who, who are looking for um, answers, they really find stuff with him. And not like, not idiots who don't know anything about the Bible or anything. These are people who are already searching and, and are, um making their way through different uh like I read pe- about people who were trying all these different sects of Christianity before finding Koresh and being like wow this guy this guy has got me um it was Koresh's way with the bible that saw him become a popular member of the church and along the way become romantically involved uh with its 60 something year old leader Lois Roden oh wow he's gone with the leader According to AETV.com, he reportedly told her he was destined to father a child with her, which I don't think happened. Because um, she was over 60. Yeah, but I think they it's were. Not impossible. They had a crack, mm. I believe. But uh, I don't believe there was a, a, a child born. Because twice he's been wrong with destiny so far. Uh, in mm. the following years, Lois also passed away and her son George Roden took over. A battle for control of the sect flared up between George and Koresh. Apparently, George didn't appreciate Koresh's relationship with his mum. Right. Was yeah, George... Amongst yeah. other things. Was George older than Koresh? I, 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 am, I don't know this for sure, but I, I picture them to be of a similar right. age. But maybe George might have been a li- was probably a little bit older. Can't imagine. And you're getting a feeling that there's a few of these members or it's pretty exclusive at this stage? Uh, it varies, but it's... Um, People are sort of coming and going. People, yep. are, people are moving over, but he's also, I'll talk about it a little bit, but he travels. He goes all around the world talking to people about like this. Rec- recruiting type and, and so it's a very international flock uh, at Mount Car- Carmel. Um, an article in the LA Times from 1993, uh, which I think was written during the siege, tried to piece together Koresh's story from interviews and they stated that at one point in the late 80s, Koresh split from the group at uh, Mount Carmel and took his followers to Palestine in Texas where they lived in buses and primitive shacks. Um, so for a little while he's like, there was a bit of a, there was a rupture and he goes, all right, people who are with me, we're going out uh, to this other town in Texas and we're going to hang out here for a while. And they lived there for a bit. Um, but they say he returned uh, to stake his claim on the Waco property and ended up engaging in a gun battle with the then leader, George Roden. Whoa. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I read a few. Like wow. ev- everyone who reported on it, it was often a throwaway line in these um, <laughs> articles on this story because I guess they're trying to get to the bigger story, which we're on the way to as well. But, yeah, I was like, wow, that's wild. And I, in one uh, one version of it I read, uh, one of I think George said to um, Koresh, Let's see who can bring a body back from the dead. Then you'll we'll know who's the real leader. Right? Has anyone claimed to be able to do that? Or no, I don't think. That's he a challenge like, he's thrown yeah, down. Yeah, it's like uh, but, uh, this is from history.com. In a gun battle in late 1987, George Roden was shot in the head and chest, and Koresh and seven followers went on trial for attempted murder. The seven other men were acquitted, and Koresh's case ended in a mistrial. So Koresh was a free man. Wow. Right. And you say Whoa. attempted murder. So he's not, he didn't he die. Didn't, he didn't die. No. Shot big, in the head. And chest. That's amazing. Yeah. Those are the big two. And yeah. then he ended up. Um, oh, sorry. The third being the butt. Yeah. <laughs> head, chest and butt. Two of the big three. Uh, he, he, he ended up getting in trouble for other things, George Roden. So he was off, off the scene. Um, through the 80s and into the early 90s, Koresh continued to travel to recruit followers and set himself up in a number of locations, often in, in California. 
One man who was introduced to Koresh when he was out recruiting um, talked to their meeting. He he didn't he didn't get involved, but he remembered the brief meeting saying, "The night I met Koresh, he asked me, would you die for Christ?" I said, "I guess so." <laughs> he said, "Would you kill for him?" I said, "No." And he turned to my friend and said, "Hey, you just brought me another weak Christian." Right. Um, at some point around 1986 or 87, Koresh lived in San Bernardino in California. There he is said to have lived a strictly uh, biblical life, as in uh, strictly observing biblical teachings, including even cautioning a friend against laughing and also observing a Friday night through Sunday night Sabbath, which is a long Sabbath. And I th- that laughing one, I'm not sure where that comes from because it sounds like for the most part, Generally, that's not how he was. He was, everyone was. He was having a good time. Jeez, it depends on who you're talking to, though. Uh, on one side, there's like full psychopath and other people like, no, he was, a, he was a, you know, he was a nice guy for the most part. He just, he, yeah, depending on who, who you're hearing from. He just told people to stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit of an odd one. The Times article also suggests. He was seen driving expensive cars and riding a Harley Davidson motorcycle to bars like the Whiskey A Go Go and the Roxy on Sunset Strip, partying with other musicians. God intended it. Yeah, I don't remember. Harley Davidson reading in the Bible, "Thou shall not ride a hog." (laughs) Thou shall not be a badass on two wheels. (laughs) Get him a Segway. Uh, In the following years, he set up a house in Laverne in California where he took multiple wives, and there uh, there were accusations that some of those were underage. Robin Buns. um, (laughs) Sorry. One of the the wives. Robin Buns. Robin Buns. What have you been up to? Just Robin Buns. (laughs) um, So there was was an inquiry um, into the underage um, relationships there, and nothing came of it. Um, but one of the wives, uh, one of the women he was with, who was a, an older lady, I believe, or de- of, of age, Robin Buns, accused him of stealing their son. Um, and she went to the cops and they intervened and, and brought the boy back to her. So, there's a, you know, slightly weird things going on. Um, she described Koresh as charismatic and said, unless you get on his bad side, he's a very nice person adding that he was only ever verbally abusive, uh, never physical. Oh. Except that time he shot a guy in the head and chest. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was in a fight. I don't That Yeah, that's such a weird. feels like in any other story I'd be building up to that gunfight. Totally. But then this is just like a little footnote (laughs) as I cruise through. Which makes me think (coughs) some crazy shit's going to happen later. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Koresh travelled around the world to preach, including through the USA, Israel, Britain and Australia. Uh, he spent time here in, in Melbourne even, I believe. He preached that he was a prophet who communicated with God and he prophesied about the second coming of Christ and the imminent end of the world. Uh, whilst in Australia, he recruited a woman named Mary Smith. and She travelled to California to spend time with Koresh at the Laverne House. She has since described Koresh as a man who appeared to be growing more and more irrational as time went on, saying that when she first met him in Australia, he was quite gentle and mild-mannered. But the last time she saw him in Laverne, he was ranting and roaring and hitting a bed uh, with a boat paddle, (laughs) saying that he would use the paddle to spank both adults and children. Okay. (laughs) The transition to nut job is complete. Yeah, So that and that's something that... um, uh, I saw other people in some docos talking about it, like he would 
not just he would spank children at the uh, the houses he kept, but also yeah, he would punish adults with spanking as well. <laughs> with a... so I shouldn't laugh at that. It's just a funny visual. Yeah, boat paddle. It's all a bit bit odd. Um, <laughs> so we jump. I mean, That's a bit of spanking between cultish friends. It's fine. So he jumped around a bit, collecting followers as he went. Uh, but by the 90s, he was well and truly in control of the Branch Davidians' leadership at Mount Carmel uh, with Rodan out of the way. And it, and by now had legally changed his name to David Koresh, apparently. History.com states that Koresh is the Hebrew translation of Cyrus, the Persian, the Persian king who conquered Babylon and allowed the Jews to return to Israel. Um, I saw in a documentary... Uh, Koresh talking about it himself though and he goes do you know what Koresh means and they're like no he goes means death which is something that's a different take Uh, Koresh I'm David Death is what he's saying both could be true I guess hello I'm Davy Death (laughs) sounds like a like a daring magician Davy Death ooh sparks sparks knives knives (laughs) 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 yeah so that's Dave's new side project. David Death. David Death, how are we all doing? No laughing. <laughs> I will spank you with this paddle. Oh. oh. Okay. When's and the magic ma- stuff? And this mattress is going to get a punching. Hmm? <laughs> Don't make me angry. Don't. Now, a volunteer. <laughs> no, nobody. Nobody's <laughs> no. Okay, guys, this is supposed to be a fun magic What? Show. I'm holding a knife and I threatened to punch you. I mean, come on. I did say, like, I just realised I said, uh, I quoted someone saying he never got violent, and I reckon maybe the next sentence I talked about how he spanked adults and children. So Maybe that was from her experience. She was saying he never got violent right, to me as true. his partner. There yeah. are... He threatened me but he, with verbal stuff. And he did spank me, but it was a different kind of spanking and mm. it was consensual, and I liked it. <laughs> That's her talking. So that's just reading between the her lines. Her talking through you? <laughs> there, there are. I mean, there's so many contradictions the whole way through this. Uh, Koresh now had around 100 followers living with him, some say up around 150 uh, at the Mount Carmel compound outside of Waco. So it's called Waco because it's the whole thing's called the Waco Siege because the next biggest town nearby is Waco. Right. They're at this place they've named themselves Mount Carmel. Um, how was he able to recruit so many people to live in this remote location? Well, Drew Doddle. Oh, that was a great name. Who created yes. There was a TV Drew miniseries. Drew is a good name. I think maybe what brought this back to everyone's, sorry, on the delay there, Bob, <laughs> Drew is a very good name. Um, there was a, he, he created a TV miniseries called Waco that was, uh, aired earlier this year. And I think that's maybe why a lot of people potentially were suggesting. I, 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 this I is never Drew, heard Drew made the series. Drew Dodal with his brother. Drew short for Drusifer. Drusifer. Drusifer Doddlelynch. So that's why I was yeah. laughing over here. Drusifer. <laughs> made me laugh. Have a good chuckle at, at a thing you uh, thought. So uh, Drusifer <laughs> Drusifer Doddle uh, made a documentary. No, not a documentary. A, a dramatization miniseries. Right. Called Waco. Um, uh, for cable TV in America, it was quite a big budget thing and got a lot of attention. I'm. It went past me without notice. Did I'm guessing? I'm a big budget thing, and I get a lot of attention. That's true. That is very true. But never enough. <laughs> never enough. Could someone give Jess some attention, Dave? Please. I won't look at her. Oh, Dave. I need this. I'm afraid. Still closing my eyes and imagining him in that Buick. <laughs> 
Tell us what else can you see? That, that mallet is flying. What color is the uh, upholstery on the it's interior? Like a, it's a tan. Okay. Tan, and it's got a bench seat in the back. So if you weren't strapped in around the corners, you'd be all mushing into each other. Mushing? Yeah. Wow. Is that opposed to it like any other car? But, you know, uh, <laughs> I suppose. No, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Doddle or Dowdle, he spoke to Vanity Fair earlier this year saying, when they were like, how, how did he recruit all these people? He said, he had this appeal and he was just a very personable guy. But one thing that surprised me is just how knowledgeable he was. A lot of followers first became familiar with David through these bootleg cassette tapes that were being passed around in biblical circles. They would hear these tapes and say, wow, this guy's interpretation of scripture and the book of Revelation in particular is unlike anything I've ever heard. <laughs> so conversational. <laughs> Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, Jenny, have you heard this new tape? No, what is it? <laughs> it's unlike anything I've ever heard. <laughs> is this the truth? Is this the dramedy? <laughs> the high budget thing? So a scene from it? Yeah. That's Montage of him script. recruiting people? Just people on the beach, like, listening on their little Walkmans? <laughs> people, and people have said that maybe the, 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 that miniseries, they were like, they wanted to explore, like, how does someone get to have a 150 people sort of living under them like that. And they're like, obviously, there's got to be something about him. So they were exploring that more. And some people say, well, they're really humanising this guy. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause a lot of uh, suffering. Sure, sure. But, I mean, there's got to be, before the suffering, there's got to be reasons for people to live with him. Yes, that, that. well, that's right. That, I think nothing's black and white, right? No. And th- this story, ah. more than anything. A zebras. Um, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> I always mm. forget about the zebra. Your shirt that you're wearing right oh now God. is I black feel like and white. A, a real fool. All right. Apart from this shirt and zebras, newspapers before color printing came in. <sighs> what about the green guard? Well played. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> oh no, chessboards. <laughs> uh, black and white TVs are black and white. Damn it. What else is black and white? That's about it. I'll get back to you on that one. Everything else. What about shades of grey? Hmm? Mm. 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 Think about it. Yes, but how many shades mm. of grey? Mm. 49. Nice. Dave, <laughs> you know how I am with numbers. I knew that would set you off. That's why I did it. One more. I cause trouble. But you quite enjoy the number 69. That's for different reasons. <laughs> You're always saying it's a nice number. <laughs> But I guess it is sort of round as 313s. It's probably something you like about it. What? It is not 313s. Fuck. Is it three... It's 39. <laughs> what is it? How many 13s is it? It's no what? amount of 13s. It's 323s. 323s. That's Ooh, what I'm... I do like that. I say, say 23 say. funny, Dave. <laughs> Stop teasing me about it. It's 313s plus 10 each. I say I say 23 like 13. When I say 23, that's my brain actually saying dibbity-doo. So it's a very com- complicated system. Mm. But if I think dibbity-doo, my mouth says 23. If I think 13, I say 23. All right. Well, that's not right, is it? 
I reckon if you started a cult, everyone would join. <laughs> yeah, you're so charismatic. <laughs> wow. I'd move across the world. I've got to tell you, I don't know how charismatic someone would have to be to make. I'm not. I don't know. Imagine they're living in not the most comfortable conditions. 150 people, like they don't. I don't think they've planned the infrastructure probably for yeah. for beautiful en suites and such. I think it's not a bad. It's not, not too, too bad. bad. I think it's it's a pretty nicely built place. Ever again, depending on who you talk to, some people are like everyone was so happy. It was a quite a nice <laughs> some, place. To some live. people like, Honestly, and other people like, like often uh, a relative of someone who was in there. They were like, it was, you know, they were brainwashed. Yeah. Some people who who um, are still around say no, it was different from that. Others are like who have got out of like it was a nightmare, just like. How many different versions of the same reality is fascinating in itself. Um, but anyway, wow. This guy's interpretation of scripture and the book of Revelation in particular is unlike anything I've ever seen or heard. Um, they had to go to Waco to listen to this guy speak. It was like he was a biblical savant. So that's me finishing that great Drew Dowdle yeah, right, right. quote. They simply had to. They had to. And they did. I mean, people literally like about a quarter of the people there, I think, or maybe a bit less than that were from the UK. There were definitely quite a few Australians. There were people from all around, all over America. Um, it was a real mix of, of people, ages, races, uh, countries. Everything was, uh, it was just a, it was a big mix. And everyone, they, apparently life there was at night, they'd all sit in a room and they'd talk about the Bible, sometimes for six hours, sometimes for eight hours, sometimes for 14 hours, and they'd just debate. It wasn't like he was preaching, saying this is how it is. Apparently, apparently there was a lot of discussion. People were able to question him, and that and they just sat around, according to the people who would speak positively at the time, just just discussing the Bible. That sounds awful to me, and I'm not talking specifically about the Bible part. That's fine. Just sitting for that long, sitting and talking for that long about anything. Oh, into the night, and um, no, I need, I am. I recently discovered from a internet quiz an introverted extrovert. Oh. Which means I need my time. I need to back off, you know? You can I do need... both. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I appear ex- extroverted, but I'm actually. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I believe in you. That sounds like that sounds like that's nutted you. An internet quiz has got you. It fucking nailed it me. got And you. then from there, a listicle. Yeah. And I could relate to all of them. And I thought, oh, my God, I finally understand me. Yeah. So 14 hours of just being around other people. Oh, man, exhausting. No. Right. No. Yeah. Need to walk away taking for a bit, Taking your please. energy. Taking, yeah. taking. Zapping. Zapping. Zapping my energy. Mm. They're taking it all from me and they're not giving anything back. Sorry for hitting your microphone, Dave. You yeah. said it like you weren't sorry. Yeah, I was just really worked up. I'm really sorry. Are you okay? Do you need a break from this? Maybe. <laughs> you introvert? <laughs> uh, back in 1984, Koresh had married a teenage Branch Davidian named Rachel Jones, and together they had two children. He has had so many wives, though, through the story and so many children that it, it's hard to keep up, uh, but I think Rachel Jones might be his only legal wife. Sounds like he had at least a dozen kids with uh, multiple wow. women. But didn't actually 
uh, sort of go through the ceremony of I think just marrying it, them? Just legally, probably. I think, yeah, I don't think you could in America marry multiple yeah. wives. Um, and I, that's why I say legal wife because according to biography.com, his teachings included the practice of spiritual weddings. So not legal weddings, spiritual weddings, which enabled him to bed God-chosen female followers of all ages. And um, with those followers, he, he fathered, you know, Lots of kids. Multo kids. Yep. Um, what does that mean? Uh, that means very good kids. Right. And okay. many of them. Many. Nice. Very many kids. And did they know what was causing them? <laughs> uh, yes. yes. It was Spiritual weddings. It was, yeah. I think it was bending rules. <laughs> uh, in interviews with Branch Davidians, they talked about how it made them feel special to be chosen by Koresh to be their wife because oh. it was like God was choosing them himself. Oh. And, yeah, this is where it gets particularly a bit fucked because yeah. he – it wasn't just adult women. It sounds like he was potentially grooming quite young girls uh, and marrying them like yeah. 12-ish. Oh, no. Oh, God. I feel like I should make it pretty clear. Uh, he was fucked. Like, uh, yeah. There's a, there, 17 and 11 months I could – Still, it's not great, but it's like, okay. But 12. Apparently in in Texas at the time, I believe that I'm pretty sure I read that um, with parental consent, I think 15 was the legal age. Whoa. With parental consent. Oh, that's, that's still Which so I think he, he because of, because his followers were so with him, this, we're, like these women, we're talking about the husband and wife have moved there to learn. He's gone, I'm gonna marry your wife, you're celibate now. And that would happen. And the and the husbands would be like, you know, okay. Oh my God. You well he they saw him as, you know, a, some sort of a, a prophet and, yeah. and working directly through God. This is what God wants. Yeah. It's very like this is something a lot of people talk about. Like it's very it's hard. Like most people like hear this and go, I don't understand it. And I'm like yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine ever being in that position where you're like, yes, okay. But I guess if, almost if you fully like believe that he is God, yeah, or God's working through him, yeah, you know, how, how where do you draw a line if yeah. you're going, I'm here because of this? So I guess once you're that far in, but that wasn't the case there. A lot of people left because of that. They're like, no, nah, this is not right. That's weird. So, that doesn't feel like, to me, as someone who went through 13 years of Catholic education, that doesn't feel like something that God would be asking of you. Right. So if, yeah, it's interesting having that kind of that perspective on it and going, well, yeah, this is sort of what they thought and how they felt, but it's still so hard to fathom going, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. What an honour. Thank you so much. Yeah, it does. It's like, why would yeah. why would God want this? Absolutely. Take my wife. There was one one guy, one of the uh, husbands said at one point, before, I think he was an Aussie guy, uh, he, he was like, he questioned it at first. He goes, is this God working through him or is this just horny old David? And he's like, and he ended up thinking, no, I think this is. God works. God. So he, he it's not like it? he, he just, had a little flicker. Yeah, of... he was like, I'm, he was trying to figure it out. So he was still analyzing it. <laughs> so he said that to David. Is this horny old David? And he went, nah, nah, it's God. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> had I to mean, do my due diligence. It would have been weird if I didn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Pick yourself in my shoes. Anyway. Thank you. I'm glad I asked. And I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm going to go back to the celibate level no of worries. the compound. 
Catch you guys later. And join it up there in your harem. See you later. Harem? Never said that word out loud before. Harem. 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 <laughs> uh, in interview. Oh, no, I've just said that. Uh, a lot of these women were already married. I've said that too. I've, this is what the problem with going off script is I'll say things and forgetting that I've written them down. Um, so Koresh divided the men and the women up. The men lived on the ground floor and uh, the women lived upstairs. Coincidentally, uh, I think that is also where Koresh lived. <laughs> Guys, it's just a planning thing. It just worked out this way. Yeah. My room I just, is also where all your wives are. I just <laughs> want to be close because we're, I need to break up all the pillow fights that women have. Yeah. It's just one big sleepover up there mm-hmm. and it's just pillow fights and cat fights and it's, it's just easier if I'm there. They respect me. I don't have to run up the stairs and be like, Girls, what's going on? Like, I can just go, oi, stop. I'd much rather hang out with you and have a boy's night. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go up there. Duty calls. Sorry. But, hey, have fun without me. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hard up yeah. there without all my boys. It's going to be hard up there. <laughs> Let me hear my boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, God wants me to. God bless. All right. Boys, boys, boys. All right. Laters, 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 as he's taking his shirt and pants off yeah. going up the stairs. <laughs> and he just goes, woo. <laughs> Off to bed anyway, hitting the Bible. All right. See you in the morn. All right. Uh, no. All right. All right. Shutting the door. Just talking out the crack in the door. All right. All right. All right. You just hear uh, him. Later. Later. Lo- bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. He just locks the door. <laughs> he does Thumping that. techno music. So <laughs> he does this every night. Every night. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Oh, oh, gotta go upstairs. Bloody listen to them yammering on. You know what they're like. And He's just fully erect as he says this. <laughs> Cuts back to a group. <laughs> Cuts back to a group of like smiling men just nodding like, yeah. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. God, Dave is such a good guy. Yeah. I would never want to do that. I'd never yeah. want to break up all those, those oh, pillow fights. Good on him for. Mm-hmm. So glad I get to hang out down here with you, Gary. Take him on for the team. You, Keith. <laughs> We're a great team. Yeah. <laughs> Me, Gary. And the Bible. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Isn't I'm it? glad I sold our house and moved us to Waco. <laughs> I used to have a wife. <laughs> now I've got Gary and Keith and the Bible. Shall we uh, start from the top again? Yeah. <laughs> this really does seem like God's plan. <laughs> In mysterious ways. Uh Koresh's study of the Bible led him to believe he had cracked the code of the seven seals in the book of Revelation. (laughs) He hacked the mainframe. Yeah. Well, apparently, and so this meant that he believed he could predict the apocalypse. And due to this, he told his followers that God wanted them to build an army and that they needed to start stockpiling weapons. That doesn't feel like something that will end well. Uh, Foreshadowing. Oh, I mean, you're skipping ahead a little bit there, but yeah, it's um, th- this doesn't end well. Okay. Um, this is what uh, this is what they did. They started stockpiling weapons uh, in 1992. A postie delivered a package to Mount Carmel, but it uh, dropped on the doorstep and and the lid broke off, and uh, that revealed that it was full of hand grenades. The postie saw this and alerted the authorities to it. So did he still take a signature? Yeah, he took the signature. He's, so he's like, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, just enjoy these hand grenades. I you mean, would... no, well, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I'm yeah. not looking. Your own business. Your own I love business. that he's like, oh, the top of it opened. Yeah, okay, you peaked. 
Yeah. Fucking pee. Yeah, yeah thought... fell and it broke. Okay. Well, You're going through everyone's mail. Yeah, of course you are. That's never happened to any package I've ever received, and I've never ordered hand grenades, something that needs like a seal to work much more than any of the things I buy. Yeah. What do you buy? Uh, well. Dave's going through things he can say. Proximity mines and... Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. A... It's interesting that that came out, not like clothes, <laughs> books. <laughs> Proximity mines. Yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's from James Bond Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> the video game? Yeah. Is it because I inspired you with all my gamer yeah. chat? Yeah, that was so cool. Thanks for trying to impress me with your gamer lingo. Yeah, but, I love um, Goldeneye. Unless it's Mario Kart Wii, I'm not that interested. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll try again. I also yeah, throw a shell Mario. at me or fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he so he called the authorities. Apparently, so that's one of the stories. I think they were probably onto him anyway because they also um, like this is something that didn't come up a lot. And then I just started reading about it in the last couple of days that they a lot of them work jobs. Like um, some would go home and work for a few months, earn some money, come back. Oh. they the collective also had an, a, a business in town which was a, a legal gun shop. Um, oh, okay. There's another guy who worked in IT. So, uh, you, so you're probably you're picturing like guys in robes and just you know nothing else going on. But they're still s- sounds like in part living. So it's a community because yeah. a lot of the times with anything that's a bit culty, they can't leave, or if you do, you're shunned, or right. you know bad things can happen to you. But if they're like leaving and working for a few months and then coming back, or then that's that's. Odd and amazing. Yeah. So this is what it feels like. It. I. I. I have not been able to get my head around yeah. it at all. Also, owning a gun shop makes it really easy to stockpile weapons. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I. But I think the problem was the weapons they were stockpiling. Um, the well, one of the accusations is they were stockpiling semi-automatic weapons and converting them into automatic weapons or something like. I don't understand guns, right. but something like that. They were doing something that was that were going beyond what was legal. Uh. Then uh, federal federal authorities were made aware of this, and they started um, noticing that yeah they do seem to be stockpiling weapons there at the complex, and the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, started watching Koresh closely. Uh, and this is from an article in Time magazine, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms believed the community had nearly two hundred and fifty weapons including semi-automatic rifles, assault rifles, shotguns, revolvers, pistols, and hundreds of grenades. Hundreds? Hundreds. That's a, yeah, that's a lot of grenades. That's a lot, isn't it? Wow. They sent undercover agents into the area, um, and some some of which went into the compound sort of posing as potential followers, and they were in there for quite a while. Uh, apparently, in one of the docos I watched, they in- interviewed... Um, some past members and they were like it was really obvious they moved in across the road three middle-aged men right. posing as students or something i don't know if that's true or not but it sounds like it was a real like pretty obvious attempt at going under co- like a bad attempt yeah they come in how hey cowabunga how about the atf am i right yeah, okay. <laughs> picture in that that uh, meme with um Steve Buscemi? Buscemi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hello, fellow children. <laughs> hello, fellow kids. Uh, the ATF put in place a plan to storm the Mount Carmel property to arrest Koresh for unlawful possession of a destructive device and to search the 77-acre compound. And on Feb 
the 28th, 1993, the plan was put into practice. But right from the start, things weren't going to plan. Uh, one of these documentaries I watched, uh, and I'll I'll link like the I'll link all the um, documentaries and everything in the in the description if you're keen to follow up on more stuff, all the articles and everything. Um, one of them they talked about how the Branch Davidians were tipped off about the raid. The one version of it was that um, the media found out about it, so they were in the area, and then uh, a delivery man in the area. <laughs> A different delivery man, I suppose, um, goes, oh, what are you guys up to? And they said, oh, well, we've been tipped off about this thing. And that guy was a Branch Davidian. Oh. So he went back and was like, hey, um, uh, Mr. Koresh, <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're coming for us um, this afternoon apparently. And then the ATF heard about that. They were made aware that they already knew. It was a tip-off about the tip-off. Yeah, and they went ahead anyway. With their surprise, surprise on people that have hundreds of grenades. Yeah, they they're going there because of the weapons, and the they they knew they'd lost the element of surprise, which is like the one thing keeping everyone safe, right? Yeah, that's right. Because it's um it's this is the weirdest part of it all that this raid happened. It's so strange. Uh, so they went ahead with the plan, and there's because there was media there. There's footage of it, so you can watch all this. And even though I've watched a bunch of footage and obviously experts have gone right through it, it still remains unclear. There's still debate on exactly what happened 25 years later. There's still debate about who shot first. Um, the surviving uh, Branch Davidians still claim it was the ATF and vice versa. Mm. What we do know is that something like 80 armed ATF agents descended on the compound and a big gun battle ensued. Whoa. The ATF is not not like they. I don't think they'd ever really done anything like this before. It sounded like a lot of people going into it didn't really know what was, you know, right. they, they were pretty naive to it all. And um, they there were interviews with FBI agents and stuff after it, going like they were in over their heads. They should right. not have been doing this. Well, they should have called us, but they didn't. Yeah. Should have called, but probably it just shouldn't have been happening. It just you're right. Should have called us, and we would have said, "What are, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's. It's not the smart way to go. It feels about like it. something you'd kind of expect a SWAT team to to be. That, and that's kind of what they look like. I mean, they were dressed up like a SWAT with the you know all the equipment wow. and the big guns and everything. But yeah, um, it's just it's havoc. The footage is is wild. One member of the Davidians, a Melbourne man named Clive Doyle, who'd actually converted into the into this faith in the fifties. So he'd been into it since before even Koresh. Uh, was born, I think, um, recalled uh, the raid in his autobiography, recounting hearing Koresh say in the compound, I want you all to go back to your rooms and stay calm, going on to say that he could hear David's steps going down the hall towards the front door. Then all of a sudden he heard David say, hey, wait a minute, there are women and children in here. Then all hell broke loose. Just a barrage of shots from outside coming in. It sounded like a bloodbath. So that's... That's the account of one of the Davidians. So he's right. making it sound like yeah. Dave's going, no, no, what are you Please. doing? Got his hands yeah. up type yeah. thing. The, uh, the other side is saying they sh- were shot at first. And, Guys, and there's women and children fire. out here. <laughs> what are they doing out there? <laughs> so they returned fire, and it, but it was a shootout, um, which went on for quite a while. Eventually the shooting stopped, and when it did, four federal agents were dead, and so were six Davidians. So ten, there were ten casualties in the shootout. There was also... Uh, more than a dozen uh, wounded. So uh, I think maybe even 20-odd 
wounded. There was quite a few uh, wounded as well. Footage of the battle and the aftermath is chaotic. Are there any grenades being used? I don't. I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't read anything about grenades or see any. Yeah, right. Thrown, just because you got so many, but they obviously cause a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. It's. I would love to have a go though. At a grenade. Yeah. What would you would do with it? I'd throw it. I think you, like in a paddock or something. Yeah, I think not you, at a person. I think you can go to places in America where you can do that. I think I'd be so terrified to go off in the hand, in your hand and blow yeah. your hand. Oh off. yeah, I'd throw it so fast. A grenade in the hand is worth <laughs> something or other. I can't remember. How yeah, that bit finishes, but I say it's that, pretty, but I don't it's think pretty I would. Incisive. That's wisdom. Insightful. Have either of you ever shot a gun? Well, no, that's what I was just thinking because uh, I went to Thailand when I was 21 with a bunch of friends and then like second last day or something, we did go to a, a shooting range and everybody had a go and except me. I was like, mm, I'm not that interested in doing this. Yeah. So, no, I don't. I take back what I said. Yeah, right. But I just like throwing things. So maybe I'll well, just throw a ball around. Are you thinking of the game Worms? Because that, that is fun. That is and a lot of fun. And you throw grenades in that. Yes. Games, yeah, gaming. I, I and sh- then you also say, ha, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're going to come back. I've got a team on, uh, I haven't played in a while, but I, I don't know, maybe my old phone had a Worms game, and I named my team after the members of Grinder Man because they have a song called Worm Tamer. It's very clever. That is great. <laughs> Nick Cave was a wuss. You know, I would say stuff like that at the end, which is funny. Nick Cave won the Coward Award. <laughs> they name awards at the end of the game for it. It's like, hey, he did his bloody best video game. Right. I, I I remember vaguely shooting a gun when I was a kid. Where were you kid? on a farm or something? Yeah, because I first few years of my life were out in the country, in country Victoria, and that's obviously a bit more common there. Mm. Um, yeah, I went spotlight. I remember going spotlighting. Yeah, my brother's got guns legally, and they're all locked up and everything. Where, what does he do with them though? Yeah, they they'd go hunting or just like for rabbits or something. Yeah, he and my dad went to the shooting range together, which was quite. I was a bit surprised by that, but also like, well, I guess you're doing activities together. That's nice. <laughs> nice father son time, I guess. Mum and I are going to go get brunch. <laughs> so and they're like, can you imagine getting brunch? <laughs> What is wrong with those two? Yeah, let's go somewhere where we can't hear each other talk because yeah. of loud noises. <laughs> That's beautiful. I forgot Dad listens. Hi, Dad. Sorry. Hi, John. Keep on shooting, <laughs> shooty. Maybe I'm just acting out because I wasn't invited. You know, yeah. so I didn't even think. Maybe we should see if Jess wants to come. Yeah, and I would have said. <gasps> I bet you they had brunch as well. Fuck. Do you yeah. reckon? I reckon you can do both. Fuck, that's I reckon cute. you should yeah. do both. You gotta eat. You gotta eat. Mm. Shoot a gun, smash an avocado. That's what I always say. Um, so, yeah, so the footage, pretty chaotic. Um, during the, when it kicks off, you see multiple agents climbing up onto the roof. And I saw this across so many different videos. This was probably the so, most famous part of the raid. So it's different angles. Well, there's one main shot because I think early on there wasn't that much media there. Yep. As the siege went on, more um, came. But there's, uh, I think it's like three or four agents up, have climbed a ladder up onto the roof. So, some are breaking down the window and going in. God, and that's brave. The one remaining on the roof, he starts to get shot at through the wall. Whoa. Whoa. So he gets hit a few times. Um, and you've seen the gunshots come through the wall at him and, and he sort of retreats. And that's like, that's, that's all. I, I imagine that's probably one of the most iconic bits of the footage is I think, I, yeah, I think that guy survived. 
Right. I think, but that's I, like, I, think I, I think I saw him um, jump down and back down the ladder. Well, that's full action movie being shot through something. Yeah. You know, it was shooting people through a table or something. It's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, it just feels like there were a lot of mistakes were made, just like they were sold out by their, by the, you know, the decision makers a little bit. Sort of being thrown into, thrown to the wolves, kind of. Um, then uh, when the shooting stops, you can see the ATF agents. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Retreating. And this is apparently people who were on the inside, the Davidians were like, this is the first time they saw how many they were. They're like, this is wild. What this? It's like an army out there, which is also kind of plays into what um, Koresh was preaching. They're going to come for us. It's going to be a big army. These are passages right. from the Bible that say such mm. things. Um but they were so they're retreating, pulling the wounded away. There, there aren't enough. One of the guys interviewed, um, he was like, "There wasn't enough room for me in any of the trucks, so they had to put me on the bonnet." And there's footage of him, the uh, one of the um, police cars, truck slash yeah. Ute trucks, rolling down the road with him on the bonnet, with people holding him onto the bonnet, just because there's nowhere for him to be treated. They're driving him away to be wow. treated via a bonnet of a car. So it's just havoc. This is like a supposedly a planned raid, you know. It shouldn't end like that. Yeah, wow. Not that I'm any expert on such things, but it just seems like... It's like an expert should have been consulted. Mm. Yeah, it just it feels... Yeah, so this is what uh, most people say. That was all a, a big mistake. Then there were questions being asked by the media like, why didn't they arrest Koresh outside the compound, like when he was out doing his shopping or whatever? Right. Yeah, because they all like just walk down the street normally. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And the reply um, was, uh, you saw it in in um, press conferences. They were holding press conferences um, from now and through the siege, and uh, the agents, you know, the the media officers would be like, he was he never left the compound, or what just wasn't possible. Um, 
but this was found to be untrue. It's like I saw him at the shops last week. He would go shopping regularly. He'd go running by himself. I think there was even it came out that the undercover agents went fishing with him or something or shooting with him. Like they escorted him off the premises. Yeah, so they they had so many opportunities to arrest him. If they had a warrant for his arrest, they could have just taken him in. No, no one dies. There's no big raid. You don't have 80 people going out to this um, crazy big event. It just... It's just done. It's just yeah. sort of knocked on its head. So it just doesn't seem to make sense. Mm. Um, I did, and there's so many conspiracy theories come out of and stuff. One of the things I read uh, was that it was around budget time. They wanted to show we, you know, we need. We've got a lot of expenses. Look at all our. All right, we might, need, these, we need these guns. Yeah, we need. We use this. these guns. Yeah, that's see if that's true. That is obviously fucked, but. That's just, you know, you read all sorts of things on the internet. Sure. Uh, Koresh's teachings uh, meant that the Davidians believed their destiny was to be involved in an apocalyptic fight with Babylon. So Babylon's mentioned in in the Bible a lot, and Babylon is a term that Koresh took from the Bible to apply to modern day US authorities. So this is what he was saying to them before this time. He's like, Babylon's going to come for us. They're going to come in tanks. Um, they're going to come in with big armies and they're going to um, surround us, right? There's going to be fire. and So this just played right into that. Shit. So people are going, the Davidians are going, no, he's, what he's prophesized is coming true. Wow. If they just took him out outside, the, he's on his run. They pick him up and take him away. It doesn't, none of that comes true. So that it's not confirming everything that he's been saying. Political scientist Ma- uh, Michael Barkin has since noted that by assaulting the group directly, the government confirmed their prophecies and reinforced their beliefs, which is what I'm sort of saying there. So this is what they were preparing for. Right now they're probably prepared to die a bit more. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, this is God. This God's saying this. Yeah, is what- all right, this is the end, okay, all good. Yeah, we're... Destiny. You know, the other side of this is everlasting life. You know, judgment day is coming. We stick with, obviously, the guys on God's side. Mm where we go to heaven forever, you know, and that's obviously a very powerful thing to combat against when you're and have now sort of helped prove to them that you are the, you know, the bad guys. Uh, what followed was basically unprecedented in America, a 51-day standoff between the FBI, who had taken over from the ATF, and the Branch Davidians. 51 51 days. days. Uh, it is also said to be unprecedented as it was the first time the US government used large, used large scale military force on its own citizens. So they're bringing in more tanks, helicopters. Well, let me tell you, this is from, um, from the New Yorker article I was talking about before, talking about the epic size of the operation. The FBI assembled what has been called probably the largest military force ever gathered against a civilian suspect in American history. Ted, 10 Bradley tanks, two Abrams tanks four combat engineering vehicles, 668 agents, in addition to six U.S. customs officers, 15 U.S. Army personnel, 13 members of the Texas National Guard, 31 Texas Rangers, 131 officers from the Texas Department of Public Safety, 17 from the McLennan County Sheriff's Office, and 18 Waco Police for a total of 899 people. Sorry, Jessica, should have been one more. But... The logistics of that is crazy. Okay, here are the first things that I thought of. First of all, 51 days inside the house, surely you don't have enough food. 
Second thing I thought, for some strange reason in my head, I imagined it was a nine-to-five kind of thing and that the officers all went home. <laughs> I was like, do they just leave the tanks there? And then I was like, it's probably a shift thing. I reckon they're probably there all I the think time. that's why there's so, yeah, so many there clocking yeah. on clock. They're not all there at once. Can I just ask, are the Branch Davidians still working their day jobs during this time? <laughs> Oh, Sorry, in, are you so, calling in sick for 51 days? Because you're not getting that job back. Like, Sorry, Trev, I've got to go do a shift down to the gun shop. So if you could just let me through uh, the, the gate here, I'll, I'll be back later. Don't worry. I'll be back later to shoot at you. I'll do my shift. Uh, that's wild. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the biggest number I heard from people inside is like 150, but it ended up being less than that. So it was like eight to one. Whoa. Yeah, I just I can't even picture it. No. So there he's preaching to them it's gonna be like to it's starting to sound biblical, yeah. like in proportion. So you see all you look out and you see all that, plus a swarm of media. It's just so much going on out there, helicopters swooping overhead, tanks in the distance. You're like, this is this feels like what he's been preaching to us that was gonna happen. Yeah, you'd yeah. be like, This is a super important thing. Um a time, a, a time. That's how I say team. Anyway, <laughs> I'll say team so you guys can understand. Thank you. A team of trained FBI negotiators were flown to the scene, and over the following fifty-one days, they spoke with the Davidians via a phone, day and night. Uh, much of this was recorded, and excerpts feature heavily in the documentaries I've been watching. Highlights were also repeated at press conferences and media broadcasts at the time. A huge bank of media outlets set up outside the compound most probably expecting the siege to go for a day at most. Usually, so someone say, usually a siege like this would have lasted, you know, half a day to a day. That's a longish one. So they, no one was expecting it to go on. As it went on and on, I saw there were footage of people coming, basically looking at it like a tourist spot. People were going there and taking photos out the front and it just went for so long. There was... Um, <laughs> Selfie out the front of the wake. Saturday Night Live were doing sketches with featuring... Uh, David Koresh. What? Taking you... brides and stuff. It was just, yeah, isn't that? Can it... you do that without knowing the outcome yet? Like these people yeah, it's like doing that's... it when they had the, the the soccer kids stuck in the, the tie boys in the cave. You can't do comedy about them. It's big news, but until they're out safe, yeah, till don't. it's done, mm. just in case. Yeah. Not going to age well if things go bad, which I think they might. Yeah, so isn't that? <laughs> Yeah, that when I saw it, that's what I had that thought as well. I was like, holy, that's they were just wild. so comfortable with it being this is just what it is. It's going on for nearly two months. So, the tourist just... attraction, like taking photos of it. But imagine it's on for by the seventh week, everyone's just like, well, this is just how we live now. Yeah, it just becomes that becomes normal. It almost gets to the point where it ends and people are like, oh, is it over? Still on. That's insane. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've, I've become kind of obsessed with all this yeah. this week, and I, I don't know. It makes me feel different. Everything I feel sad. I'm feeling sad about it all, all the time. Yeah, it's so fascinating, but it's so, huh. it's such a sad story. Um, Which continues. It does. Yes, <laughs> uh, we, we're we're beyond the halfway mark. Huh. Um, I mean, we're the siege is is in now. Yeah, this we're is, in this the is siege. What it's all about. But what are we on day two of fifty one? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna go day by day. Um, day three, Aww. he was I'm, seen taking a shit. I got. I got to the start of the siege in the report. <laughs> well, they only saw him once. Do you take a shit like once a week? Or no, they only saw him once, and then he went. Oh, I'll probably close the window. <laughs> but the shit was assumed yeah, for other yeah. days. 
I love that. Sorry, it just makes me think of one of my favourite episodes of The Simpsons, Homer Badman, where he's accused of touching the babysitter inappropriately, which it turns out he hasn't the done. Venus to... The gummy Venus to Milo. Gummy Venus to Milo. <laughs> uh, she can't have gotten far. She has no arms. But uh, <laughs> when uh, Kent Brockman is watching them from the helicopter, he's like, we could only see inside this house <laughs> if we had some sort of infrared camera. So let's turn it on. <laughs> I assume that's Homer there, roasting in the oven, stewing in his own juices at 250 degrees. <laughs> the turkey just it's rotating, tur- yeah. basting. Now, this technology is new to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, oh, that's a great parody of Siege. It is, well, it's also it's amazing that um, uh, th- that kind of germ- journalism, what would you say the equivalent to that is in Australia? What program? A Current Affair. A current affair had oh the God. first, and I believe maybe exclusive interview with David Koresh before all this kicked off. Not long before, oh, there's footage right. of they went in and, and talked to him. A current affair used to be good, did it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Because what a current affair actually means is a is a news story that can go into more detail, has more time. Right. So the news says what happened and when it happened. Current affairs, well, sometimes it says what happened. Other times it says, like, oh, a sorry, celebrity I'm got married. I'm just remembering, your, is this you using your my journalism, journalism degree. degree? This means I can write off my journalism <laughs> degree. Uh, it's tax deductible now because I've talked about it. Is that how that works? I mean, because most people, when they actually get a job <laughs> as a sure. journalist, can't write it off. So I'm pretty so sure that's how it works. It's amazing that just mentioning something you studied. Well, obviously they don't have very good accountants. You can write off a $30,000 degree. <laughs> my point is... <laughs> The, a current affair looks at why and how. Right. And that's what it used to be. Now it's dog shit. So in the early 90s, that was what it was? Yeah. yeah Can right. I put into perspective for our overseas listeners who may not be... They probably have... A, I imagine we probably bought the franchise but, off them. But, but well, may not know our like version that. of a current affair. And right. I'd like to credit my good friend Nick Yates, who I used to play in a band with, who once watched a current affair and there was a story. And he told me he never forgot it and I've never forgotten it. It was called Killer Driveways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty so, incredible. They wrote that now these days. They, well, I've never heard of that one. That's, that, that is good stuff. They were having a, a good creative day that day. Normally, the one the cliches are neighbor from hell, dodgy, dodgy car bosses, salesman. yeah, dodgy bosses, dodgy uh, salespeople. Uh, which petrol station's got the cheapest fuel at the moment? Yeah, uh, people suing uh, on work compensation that don't deserve it that we filmed, and then we harass them down the street saying, "Oh, it looks like you can walk pretty well." Then Maureen. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people putting their hand over the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and then them using that footage several times. Every time you see it, it gets slower and slower and grainier and grainier. So they yeah. just look inherently guilty. And then Which there's a very... graphic of like a um, like jail cell over the top yeah. of that person, you know. Mm. Ching But yeah, I That's the door locking. Like... That's uh, uh, noise. 342. But, um, current affair gate lock. Yeah. I, I studied journalism, so if you guys ever need explanation on how news works. That is so I great. That, that is really handy because I, I did study media and communications. Yeah, but you. But it's not quite the same. Yeah, I majored in. Yeah. I mean, I majored in media and communications yeah. and criminology, but. But it's not. It's not. That doesn't mean you understand no, different types of news. It certainly doesn't. No. I have no idea. And I appreciate so, that. I'm just here if you need me. And I work on a news show and I didn't know that. So, And now that you've mentioned that, um, <laughs> can that's, I ro- that's, can, you can write off your hex. My dead. job is now tax deductible. Your job is tax deductible, yes. 
Congratulations. Thank you so much. On your Dave, free job. <laughs> is is Jess Jerns planning to us? I think she might be, but I appreciate it because I didn't know it. There was a, there was an, I don't know, you might not have seen this, Jess, but uh, recently someone shat on this podcast saying that Dave and I are soy boys and that. This is fire an iTunes review. They thought I was, they thought I might have been joking until I talked about mansplaining like it's a real thing. What? <laughs> and I've, I'm just lightly obsessed with it. I've been laughing all week about the term soy boy. It's my so I'm using, funny. Can what I, can I work that into the show? Yes. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't, I had to look it up on the Urban Dictionary. It means, well, it means you drink so much soy that you're becoming uh, more feminine. You're not a real man anymore because you drink, you don't and drink then, real milk. Oh, and then you explained mansplaining as if it was a thing. Well, I just mentioned it like it was a real thing. Like it was thing. a real thing. Like yeah. it was, because it's not a real thing is what they're trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're our target demographic. <laughs> no, Stop, th- you're losing weirdo listeners again. No. Good. I think. That's great. If you're listening now, why? I love being and called. And fuck off. <laughs> and from the Soy Boys here, <laughs> great to have you here. <laughs> let's start a podcast, Soy Boys. Soy Boys. I love soy that. Boys and Jess. Oh yeah. You can be a Soy Boy. I too. can be a Soy Boy. Is it B O I? No. Should be. Should, should be. be. Should, should be. be. Should be. Soy Boys. Should be. Should be. There's our matching tat. Hmm? Soy Boys. Soy Boys. B O I Z. S O I. <laughs> let's make it unreadable. <laughs> let's let's crash the fuck out of it. <laughs> make up. Uh, so anyway, fuck that was a tangent. Um, the so we're talking about the conversations the negotiators were having with Koresh and other um other other leading Davidians. There was this one guy I found. He was seemed so reasonable in the clips that were being played. I did. I should say one of the documentaries I watched was from the other. So it was like a. Kind of a more on the conspiracy side of things. Oh, that's good. So, so when he's on the phone, he doesn't sound like a madman. No, he he sounds super reasonable, and he's he's sort of seen at times. He's sort of like, "Come on, guys, let's." You're not being logic, you know. He's sort of they, but I'll talk about that a bit as well because I think they they misjudged what their faith was. They were thinking they were brainwashed when maybe it, they they didn't realize that they were just full believers. Like they came to that themselves. Right, so like, they thought they could maybe talk some of them out of it. Yeah, oh, they didn't. They didn't. They thought that they could, yeah, break them out of the, Guys, the spell. Sort you of. come out, we'll give you chockies. Ooh, Ooh yeah. See, Jess, not a true believer. Um, Ooh, what kind of chockey? How well do you know me? That's yeah, the question. Soy. Get fucked. Soy boys. I reckon Min- you know. There it is. Mint choc chip. Yeah. Mm. That's ice cream, but also chocolate with mint. I mean, yep. just reverse engineer it, Dave. Yeah, that's, that's not my favourite. It's I not ate hard some, to be there for your friends. I ate some in the car on the way here. There's usually a block in my fridge. Uh, Dark chocolate, say, milk chocolate. Milk. I was about to say the one thing that I know about Matt is you have to put the chocolate in the fridge. Yeah. Chocolate which, in the fridge, ideally dark. Which I think. I'm an old man. Yeah. It's a crime against humanity. Yeah, well. I think two against one. I think when you guys get to my advanced stage, you'll start appreciating dark chocolate. Apparently, someone was telling me that the older you get, the more fucked things have to taste. <laughs> just to your feel taste, something. Your taste buds are dying, yeah. so you're, you're just eating sardines. It's like I need. Give me that. Yeah. Give me. Give me the worst you got. Yeah. Because it sort of tastes subtle to me. And you'll have a piece. You're like, whoa, whoa so bitter. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm getting something cardboard. <laughs> Uh, so some say one of the FBI's crucial mistakes was mischaracterizing the Davidians as brainwashed hostages, as I was saying. Um, Doyle begins his book. Uh, have I, I talked about Doyle, the Melbourne um, yes. long-term 
Yeah, that's video. right, from the 50s. Yeah. Uh, he begins his autobiography about his um, connection to the, the, uh, the church um, by saying, most people think cult about us and think we are people who are brainwashed and deceived. They think our church members don't know what they're doing or, what, or where they're going. Hopefully my story can open their eyes. And he wrote a whole story about his whole journey, finding the faith to through the siege and everything. Mm. Um, the FBI certainly seemed to see it that way. They, uh, the New Yorker article, which was titled How Not to Negotiate with Believers, quotes the work of religious scholar Nancy Ammerman, who interviewed many of the FBI hostage negotiators involved. And she says that nearly all of them dismissed the religious beliefs of the Davidians. For these men, David Koresh was a sociopath and his followers were hostages. Religion was a convenient cover for Koresh's desire to control his followers and monopolize all the rewards for himself. So a lot of the FBI tactics were to try and break this brainwashed hold they believed Koresh held over them. According to the New Yorker, the FBI trained spotlights on the property. They set up giant speakers that blasted noise day and night. Uh, the sound of rabbits being killed. Uh, warped what up. does that sound yeah, sorry. like? We're oh, stop, yeah. Sorry, Matt, I, you're the perfect person to ask. What does it sound <laughs> like when you kill a rabbit? How it, sorry, well, it depends on how, how are they being killed. Chainsaw. Chainsaw, okay. So I'll mute out the chainsaw and you're just going to hear the rabbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that what you want? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, you otherwise I'm just going to give you the sound of a chainsaw. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. sure I've already done that before. Of course. Okay. So chainsaw muted. Okay. Strange and I should say play. also that I am an animal lover. This is not a real oh, rabbit. Yeah. Okay. No. No matter how real no the sounds. No rabbits were harmed during this the, sound. And that time I went spotlighting, I, no rabbits were harmed that night yeah. either. <laughs> I don't think. Rabbit, pink by chainsaw. Science chainsaw. <clears throat> Well, it's a lot slower death than I would have imagined. Yeah, with a chainsaw, I would have thought it would have been a quick death, but okay. It's funny what happens when you take out the big sounds and you and you tune yeah. in. So they're playing that through wrong. a speaker 24-7. <laughs> On and off. Yeah, they're also playing warped up music. Uh, they're playing Nancy Sinatra singing These Boots Are Made For Walking. And everyone hates that song famously. Tibetan Did we monks not play chanting. that in the car one time on... On our tour? We I'm did. sure we That's did. part of our big playlist. Yeah, we did. We did. You keep what? saying I'm you pretty got sure. something for me. So the way we did it while we were, tra- <laughs> we were driving around, we went, all right, this is a theme. Each of us has to pick a song in this theme. We're making this endless Spotify playlist. One of the themes was footwear. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where that I chose from. that theme because I was thinking of that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. Because I, I was thinking about with... Jessica Simpson for some reason, and she did a cover of it, and then I thought I won't get, I won't play the Jessica Simpson version. I'll choose the original, mm. and mm. that's the backstory. It's a good story, <laughs> and well told. Thank you. Uh, Christmas carols, telephones ringing, and so just... who's in charge of that? Like who's going? All right, now let's put on three hours of telephones ringing. All right, cha- uh, rabbits dying. We'll have uh, twenty minutes of Run DMC before we'll have five minutes of silence, and then we'll come back and hit them with the sound of a toilet flushing really loud. <laughs> and then a <laughs> someone at the FBI, I guess. That's someone's job. So there's the and there's, there's the tactical arm, and then there's the negotiators, and it sounds like the communication between those two wasn't so good because in interviews with some of the negotiators years after, they spoke of how they were frustrated that the tactical arm of the FBI would 
sometimes act in ways that would contradict their agreements with the Davidians. They'd be like, all right, they're, they feel like they're working towards resolution and then the tactical arm would come in and do some more strong arm stuff. They're like, right. hey, I thought we were trying to resolve this peacefully and then all of a sudden why are your tanks, you know, why are you doing these aggressive manoeuvres like this? Yeah. They cut off their water. Ooh. They were living on um, what fell from the sky basically. They put out buckets, catch rain and... <gasps> And share that out amongst the hundred-ish people, and there's still including kids, kids in there, including newborns, and it's horrific. Oh, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a, it's a nightmare. All of it sounds like it's, which is what they're trying to make it. They're trying to get them to leave, mm. but they're, the, but the problem is they think they're dealing with some brainwashed people who'll be like, oh, we, this is fucked. But, but if you're dealing with people who believe. This is the end of the world, and they believe you're signaling it with your army. Yeah. Then they're only going to go. Look, this is only a matter of time, and this is all going to come. Got to wait it out. Yeah. Yeah, Who cares if I'm thirsty? I'll just wait. So they they didn't. I don't think they understood that properly. So it it seemed like they were just willing to to wait and wait because they thought that they were doing what God wanted them to do. Um, agreements. Uh, were also broken from Koresh as well. Koresh at one point said that he would surrender if a recording of his teaching was, was played over the national radio. And the FBI organised for this to happen on a on a um, Christian radio station but were very disappointed to find that afterwards Koresh had a change of heart saying that God told him that he wanted him to stay after all. Which is tricky because you'd be like, oh, I mean. Okay. You know, it's very hard to argue with that. So, well, obviously all the FBI need to do is speak to God. Get mm. God on Cut side. Out oh, that's so true. they got to turn the, st- the speakers to the heavens. Yeah. Blast some Run DMC, get his attention. Yeah. Then yeah. ask him to tell Koresh to knock it off. Yeah. yeah sort what? of like when, you, uh, when your sibling is hitting you and you say, Mom. Yeah. And she goes, Michael. <laughs> In my example, because my brother's name is Michael. Oh, okay. Right. So it's yeah. not always going to be Michael. Won't no, always be Michael. Your mum might say something else. Unless your sibling is also Michael, then that was very relatable for yeah. you. And you were like, wow, it's like Jess knows my past. A few people at home are really being like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. say, for instance, Gregory Jordan. He's probably thinking that. Yeah. Um, also, Gregory Jackson. Yeah. Um, Gregory Schumacher. Schumacher's another one. Man, there's uh, also Gregory <laughs> the Angel. Gregory you know. Finnegan. Yeah. Mm. The, the once was a on. man. Yeah. <laughs> Hair on his chin again. Uh, Gregory Tyson. Yeah. yeah. Etc. It's very relatable for all of those all Gregories. Of those Gregories. Gregory Myers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also Gregory Myers. He's in Bohemian Rhapsody. Gregory Myers. No, his brother. Oh, Tim Myers. <laughs> Fuck. It's a big family. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> um, uh, after discussions with his lawyer, Koresh again promised he would vacate the compound with his followers. This time he said it would happen after he wrote about his explanation of the seven seals. So this is that section of the book of Revelations in the Bible. Uh, so what's the deal, sorry? He'll vacate if? He'll, if, if. They they just need to let him write about his explanation of the seven seals. He feels like he's cracked it, with, and cracking the code of the seven seals, uh, their belief 
uh, in the Davidians and other areas of Christianity is that once uh, those codes are cracked, that helps bring that opens up a document that brings on the second coming of God right. and in turn judgment day, end of the world, something like that. So basically he's saying, let me bring on the end of the world and then we'll quit. Well, I mean, he's saying, yeah, I guess in his mind he's like, if you let me do this part, then I'll come out. And they'll and from their point of view, they're like, yeah, right about it, not believing that that will actually yeah. be on the end of the world. So, God, imagine if they it did happen, they egg on their face. They would. They'd <laughs> be like, it was way better. When it was just a siege. Now it's the end of the world. Whoops. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we uh, he really called our bluff there. We really screwed the pooch on this one. Love that saying. Uh, but I don't like that image. No. Same with we're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah. Love the saying, strange image, especially yeah, little spiders. Yeah. Just... I mean, even big spiders. It's <laughs> oh, Jess is acting out sex with a spider. <laughs> just humping. Oh, humping, humping a yeah. tiny one. Holding it by two of its eight legs, I assume. Oh. No good, Jess. No good. No good. I'm sorry. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but where I grew up, and it sounds like it was a very limited application of this version of it, but it was, we're not here to fuck fish, which I think is much more pleasing. What's yeah, sexual, sexually. <laughs> no, just the the alliteration. <laughs> oh, right. FF. Fuck fish. Of course, sex with a fish, as we all know, <laughs> is much better than sex with a spider. I'm, I'm not going to go there. As we all know. Dave, we don't all know that. I'm sorry, it's your family. Matt, we all know that. Come on. I'm, I'm not going to be drawn on this. <laughs> We've all fucked a fish. Is that true? Yes. yes. Wait, a shark fishes? <laughs> Matt, for argument's sake, yes. All right. Can you get them at a fish and chip shop? Then it's fish. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Schnitzel burgers, fish. (laughs) (laughs) Veggie burger with the lot. Fish. Fish. Uh, Bottle of Coke, fish. fish. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny little sachet of tomato sauce is actually fish. I didn't know that. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Anything you can get from a fish and chip shop is fish. I love it. Yeah. Jar of pickles. Fish. Fish. Including the jar. Yeah, that's a fish jar. <gasps> <laughs> uh, so so they've made this new deal, but this time apparently the FBI were unconvinced, sort of not fully believing that he'll keep his word and thinking that maybe he's just um, dragging them along um, and they were starting to get impatient. I would too, I reckon. This is from history.com. Though initially reluctant, Attorney General Janet Reno ended up approving a plan to fire CS gas, which is a form of tear gas, into the Mount Carmel compound to try to force out the Davidians. Just after 6am on April 19th, 1993, FBI FBI agents used two uh, specially equipped tanks to penetrate the compound and deposit some 400 containers of gas inside. 400? Wow. And the, the footage of this is... Also full on. So the tanks come in. So they think, so talking to some of the people from the inside, they're like, I thought we were, this was all going to end. They were talking peacefully. The negotiators are talking about resolving this. Then all of a sudden these tanks are coming in with these huge extended arms and it's just ripping walls down. Oh, so it's putting a hole in the wall so the tear gas can go in. Yeah, but they're just shredding walls open. I was was like watching it. I'm sure there must have been more science to it, but it's like, how are they doing this? How do they know what's on the other side of these walls? Yeah. 
Yeah, structurally, what's happening? What's happening under there? Where are the people in there? It's just uh, they they had a pretty good idea of where everyone was situated. They had that sort of information, I guess, from um, their inside man. We just scoped it out, and also they had people who'd been who'd left who probably have spoken to them. But yeah, still, how do you know where everyone is at any time? Just it's just like that's pretty. I'm foreign. not even sure where Dave is right now. Because I'm looking at you. Oh, that's true. My peripheral vision isn't very good. Yeah. Now, excuse me for a moment while I turn my head to the right. Right. Okay, now there's Dave. I'm here. But I'm not sure now where Matt is. I'm looking at him. I'm going to look somewhere in the middle (laughs) and I can kind of see both of you. My point is, how could they have known? It's it's true. (laughs) That sounds like... Is this Schrodinger's Dave? To me, that sounded like you were... Giving evidence in court. In summary, Your Honour, they couldn't have known. <laughs> and like what, pausing for applause, but it's court, so they're just not giving it. Uh, jury, come on. That was pretty compelling. Come Tapping on. the mic. Yeah, hello. Is this thing on? Hello? So, you getting this? Sorry, um, did you hear? That was the best statement I've ever made. <laughs> what a statement. This is good stuff. I'm so sorry. People. All right. So there's a tank ripping down walls. That's crazy. And then they're, and they're put loading a... it with, with tear gas. Tear gas. Jeez. So um, at this stage, Bill Clinton's the president. Attorney. He's appointed. I'm pretty sure he appointed Janet Reno as attorney general. It was like maybe even during the siege. It was like she's only newish in the job. Right on. It's a real tough call to make. She's okay. She had to give the okay. She did that. Apparently. Apparently, at first, they they wanted them to wait it out. Why aren't you waiting it out? Um, and the FBI, like, we've tried that. We're worried about what's going on in there. Is he abusing kids or, or all these other things? They've got weapons. Are they going to is, – is it going to be a mass suicide? We think we need to act now. And that, that I think that eventually convinced them. And Bill Clinton, I read him say or someone quoting him as saying, all right, um, if you think this is the best way to go, then let's do it. That's what he said to her, and then she okayed it. So they, they, they wear a lot of the fallout from all of it lands on them because wow. the, you know they're at the top. They're the ones who yep. gave it the green light. But I mean, nearly no one comes out particularly well from this. So they've smashed walls in. They've um, plowed in the the gas. They're thinking this will mean the. They'll leave, right? But that was not enough because they believed that this is yeah. the end times. This is just another signal of it of the end times coming. Not pleasant. No. Um, <sighs> apparently there were gas masks in there and if you had them on, the gas wouldn't affect you. There were no Did anyone have masks. them on though? Yeah, I think plenty of the adults did, but um, there weren't any appropriately sized for the kids. Oh, God, so they're the ones being affected. Yes. Um and there's some I read some places saying that um, the FBI knew this that, that there were gas masks, but I mean I I don't know if that's it's you know all of this feels like it's it's, it's all it feels like there's nothing that's clear. I mean the official line of it is that oh we'll talk about that soon. But there's still a lot of debate and a lot of people still distrust. This, like, led to a lot of distrust in the government. Mm. Um, at around midday, three fires, and this is where it gets real fucked, three fires started in separate separate areas of the compound simultaneously and gunfire was heard inside. Uh, it was a particularly windy day and the fire tore through the property really quickly. 
it just it went down real quick. Uh, on the video, there's a I think it's a propane tank or something explodes on the property. It just it just burns up. Shit. It's quite a big property, and it it all just goes. And of the 85 men, women, and children in the compound that day, only nine made it out alive. Whoa! Holy shit! Yeah. Um, so seven... the the fires. What were they? What? The fires. It's well. There's still debate about this, but basically, it seems like they lit the fires themselves. And even um, there's a Davidian who who survived, um, an Australian guy called Graham Craddock, and he spoke to Channel Nine earlier this year, and he said, and there's a guy who still fully believes Koresh is the chosen one, and he's going to come back. Right? This is what he said. He said, I looked over to the side, and there was someone with a fuel container. And they were spilling fuel on the floor on the floor of the chapel. I then hear someone call out from upstairs again. They said, "Light the fire!" Right. Um, Three simultaneous. That's not yeah, an accident. That's, is it? that's right. Yeah. Um, Seventy-six bodies were recovered, including twenty-five children. Fuck. Uh, many were found to have died from smoke inhalation, some from falling debris, um, and there were quite a few also who died from gunshot wounds, including Koresh. Uh, an article on independent.co.uk posits a theory that as the flames and federal agents approached, some Davidians followed their leader Koresh's order to commit suicide and took their children with them. Oof. Uh, every aspect of Waco seems to be contested, though. Every, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, the Independent, other newspaper, describes the Waco siege and the events that led up to it as, they say, in some ways a fatal. it was a fatal collision of things that have helped make and occasionally threatened to break America. Waco combined God and guns, the right to religious freedoms and the right to bear arms, with the fear that federal government would remove those rights and federal government's fear of its more extreme citizens. It saw a government acting partly out of fear of domestic terrorism embark on a siege that would come to support narratives later exploited by domestic terrorists. Because in some quarters, Koresh and the Davidians were martyrized as, as a community of God-fearing, if unconventional Christians, whose freedoms should have been guaranteed by the US con- Constitution, but who were instead killed by an ever more controlling government. So that's how, that's how it's seen by the people. People are already distrusting the government, sort of see this big event as like, well, this is just proof that the government, they're not looking after us. Yeah. They're using army force against us. Obviously, that's... You know, that is taking a black and white perspective on it all and others on the opposite side would say tell it very, very differently. Yeah. But also it just shows that it's just a it was already a real tense sort of scenario and ugh, I mean I and I, I it's weird talking about all this political American politics from here because I'm like obviously have no idea what I'm talking about. I only what I've been reading and it just feels like it even now it's still people are still um I wouldn't be surprised if some of this sort of stuff rolled into what ended up with Trump and and people distrusting classic government, and that's why they went with this sure. outsider. And Trump, again, don't know what I'm talking about, so mm. I should shut the fuck up. Um, one of the domestic terrorists that uh, the Independent was talking about was a man named Timothy McVeigh. You probably the know his Oklahoma name. Oklahoma City bomber? Uh, yes. Two years to the day after the Waco siege ended on April 19th, 1995, he blew up the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, killing 168 people in what he saw as a revenge attack for the events on Waco. It wasn't a coincidence, apparently. 
And that was a direct Oh, the two-year thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Wow. Um, so he, yeah, he, Waco kind of in part radicalized him. You know, who someone who's going to do that, who knows? Yeah, right. Anyway, wow. Uh, Theconversation.com reported that the US president at the time, Bill Clinton, reacted to criticism of the government's handling of the siege by expressing incredulity, incredulity, incredulity? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know that word that I'm trying to say, that anyone would suggest that the attorney general should resign because some religious fanatics murdered themselves. An independent inquiry into the events was ordered by Attorney General Janet Reno in 1999, and this well, six happened... years later. Yes, so there were there were inquiries, um, like in Congress and stuff, mm. but this is the first big one, and this happened because uh, it was revealed that some of the tear gas used by the FBI was inflammable, despite officials having denied this for the previous six years. So it came to light that that it was. So they're like, all right, we. Oh, we've been we lying about big, that. What we else are you a lying big about? Yeah. Investigation. So this led to a ten-month investigation headed by former Republican Senator John C. Danforth, and the fact that the investigation was headed by a Republican was significant, as Bill Clinton was a Democrat, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing they knew that it would look sus if they had he it headed had by a Democrat. A, a Democrat. So they got a, a Republican senator in, or an ex-Republican senator in, and when he re- released his report, Danforth told journalists. I give you these conclusions with 100% certainty. He, so 10 months and he's like, this is, this is, the, this is how it went down. Mm. This is what he said. The responsibility for the tragedy rests with certain members of the Branch Davidians and their leader, David Koresh, adding, this is not a close call, concluding that Koresh and certain Branch Davidians set fire to their own compound. He said that there's, there's no, no doubt in his mind that's what happened. He said people should answer for the lies and hiding about the fact that they use the flammable gas canisters, but that that shouldn't distract people from the findings that it was 100% uh, the responsibility of David Koresh. But, I mean, despite that finding 18 years ago, the debate still rages on. Yeah, right. But officially, I mean, so in some ways this is a mystery, but... And the nine survivors, were any of them like charged with any offences or yeah, anything? Yeah, so they all did... Uh, they were all charged. This Well, this is from the New York Times in 1994. Ignoring pleas for leniency from the defendants and the forewoman of the jury that convicted them, a federal judge today sentenced five Branch Davidians to 40 years in prison for their roles in a shootout near Waco in February 1993. Um, that was the, the initial um, shootout. Uh, and it goes on to say... Uh, the Judge Walter S. Smith of Federal District Court handed down sentences ranging from five to 20 years for three other defendants, and the eight were collectively ordered to pay fines and restitution to the government of more than $1 million. Right. When, yeah, it's a it's such a confusion. I don't know. So you're not sure how you feel about it? I really don't know. <laughs> about like about the, All I happened? know is it's a, it's a fucking sad story. Yeah. So the conspiracy theorists will tell you that the FBI started the fire to try, sort of drive them out. Is that sort of what? Yeah, the, the, they say that. And you, you think, I mean, the, the ex-Republican senator, you know, he, he, he talks about it. It's like there's no doubt in this. What is clear is it's very sad that it probably would never have happened if they just arrested him out on yeah, the run or something yeah. like that. And can I just clarify? So what 
Why would they have arrested him anyway? Was it the gun stuff? It was the the gun stuff was what they were going because I mean they were the the people who were uh, the they were the yeah uh, alcohol, tobacco, and and firearms. Yes. ATF. So they, I mean, their jurisdiction was guns. Sure. So they're like, he's got too many guns, too many guns, plus and grenades, and maybe he's doing yeah. things to them that's not legal. Right. So all of this happened because of that. Yeah. And they. But then, I, I but mean, also, obviously, I, the siege then happened because of the gunfight. But all, yeah, but also, I believe they used some of the um, the the sec, underage sex stuff. I think yeah. was used to convince. Um, the uh, higher ups to give the go ahead yes. for more action and stuff, but but still, that's yeah, that seems like such a huge thing to happen. When you're right, like they he went for a run by himself, just like put some surveillance on that him. And the, I mean, just, and they which they had done, so, so they just had people arrest him. Yeah, they had I, I just people. don't, I just don't get it. Just arrest I, him. I go knock on the door and arrest him. I re- this is this feels like a topic that was over our heads here. I think I this- think that's most topics <laughs> over mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. totally. Well, no, that's a super interesting topic. Fascinating, tragic, but very interesting. Yes, can uh, see why people requested it. Yeah, so so many people. So um, thanks for uh, all that. I mean, that is yeah, that's just going to be rolling around my head for a while. Yeah. I imagine because yeah, we do have a lot of American listeners, and I imagine they're. They're a lot closer to all this, and I imagine they would probably be very familiar with that story. Yes, and probably have. Um, yeah, I imagine that in part that would have been very frustrating to listen to <laughs> an Australian doofus fumble through it. But how interesting! I actually hadn't heard of it when you said it was something that happened in the nineties. I was like, uh, I can't think of anything, but I reckon when you say it, I'll know. I'll go, oh, of course. Yeah. And then you said it, and I was like. Nah, I no, I'd, I'd never I've heard, heard of, it. of it either. And it, yes, yeah, which pe- I always feel weird when it's things that have happened in my lifetime. I'm like, I should have been paying more attention. But, but it was it's very early nice. on. Yeah. yeah, it's also super hot in here. It is quite hot in yes. here. Yes, well, very let's, late at night. Fi- let's finish <laughs> the, the episode. <laughs> finish the episode as we always do. Great report, as Jess just said. But we have a little bit of Patreon business to do right now. I should just say quickly. Um, I've just found. Sorry, I've just found that post on the Patreon group. It was Will Ross who suggested on there, and I don't think he was on my list before. Uh, but, yes, we do a little Patreon thing called... Fact, quote, or question. Time to get smart. Fact, quote, or question. Yes. And the way this comes about is if you uh, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash pod. Giving us a little pledge every month, which is very, very nice. And in exchange, you get rewards like two bonus episodes that no one else hears. We've just sent out some Christmas cards to a bunch of people on our nice list. Not the naughty list. Sorry, everyone on that list, but you did miss out. And, uh, of course, we thank people by name, which we'll do in a minute. But there's also the fact quote or question where, Matt, what do people get to do? Well, they get to uh, give me a fact quote or question. Oh. And I'll read out. The fact or the quote or the question that they give me. They also get to give themselves a title. Uh, and also on this same level, uh, they are the ones who voted for this week's topic. So and um, that's on the Sydney Scheinberg level. This week, it is Joe Smith has sent in a fact quote or question. It's a question. And he's given himself the title, Project Manager of Matt's Kick-Ass Beard. By the way, I still need to. I still need the new growth numbers so that my team and I can try to optimize growth for next year. 
I'll get them on your desk by the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's a, it's a year-long project. Yeah. You've got to have the AGM. Talk about that beard. Uh, Joe's question is, and this is his third entry into the Fact Quota question. Go, Joe. He was there from the very begin. Yes, uh, go, Joe. I like that. He says, Australia is known for having something that can kill you around every corner. <gasps> There's Jess. Um, 7-Eleven. Besides... Besides a worked up bop. Oh, man, we both made the same joke. You and me, Joe. Does he mean worked up like excited or worked up like angry or what does he oh, mean no, by on. that? I mean, I could re- I could even read to the end of the sentence. Besides a worked up bop after saying the name Bindi Irwin. Okay, angry he means. <laughs> what's not, the, not excited. So his question is, what's the craziest Aussie creature y'all have come in contact with? Oh, Ooh. brown snake. You'd have to be a snake for me to. Brown snakes are bad. Yeah, Mine would be. They have a really boring name, but they're quite deadly. Mine would be a tiger snake, and I think that probably the top two yeah. deadliest ones in Australia are the. My dad nearly broke my mum's arm the time we saw a brown snake. Say again, sorry. My dad nearly broke mum's arm by jumping out of fright because we were in like we were on a bushwalk up in far north Queensland, and a snake slithered across the path. We think it was a brown snake. Unless somebody then goes, oh, brown snakes aren't in Final Queensland. Um, I don't know. It was a snake. And a snake came across the path and mum was walking in front of dad. So he grabbed her and pulled her back to like protect her. But she, the next day she was like, oh, oh really? Yeah. You grabbed her so hard. Wow. Yeah, she was bruised and really sore. And he was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was, I mean, he was trying to protect her. So she wasn't mad. Okay. They haven't spoken since. <laughs> Married for 40 years this week. Yay, mum and dad. I'm on Did a... not speak for the last 15. No, yeah, it's been a bit awkward at home. I'm on Australia's, well, Australian Geographic's list of deadliest snakes in Australia, top 10. And number one is the eastern brown snake. So yeah. your dad did a great job. And eastern. Queensland is east. That's right. So, yeah, that's probably my Matt, what's yours? Mine, I've, I've come across snakes, but I don't remember ever, I couldn't tell you what colour they were. Maybe yeah. a beige. Beige brown. Okay. T- um, tan. A tan snake? Tan, yeah, sunbake mm-hmm. snake. Oh, yeah. Now, I would say mine would probably be a, a spider, maybe a funnel web or a – they're yeah. pretty bad, aren't they? Yeah, they're the worst. Can be, yeah. The worst. Okay, great. Well, I went, mm, even little redbacks aren't very nice if you've been Pretty sure I've – I mean, it's hard, like I, you try and Google them, but you I never think... know. You can normally – there's some that look like the ones with the big um, – what do you call the big – the bulbous thing? Yeah. Big butt. The big butt. <laughs> Packing heat back there. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, final web, if that's bad. That, I thought that was pretty Somebody bad. Somebody asked recently, and I think it was someone on our UK tour who was thinking about moving to Australia, and they're like, but I'm just scared. Like, is it safe there? And I thought that was quite a cute question because we three live in the city. So there that's aren't right. just brown snakes. No. Around. Like, it's very safe. It's unlikely to get a snake. You'll, get you'll the see same, spiders yeah, a bit, but yeah, hardly. Same amount of insects and, and just life as you would in any city. Mm. Um, but if you go out into the middle of nowhere, yeah, there are some things that that's can true. kill Though you. That's true. Snakes weren't that uncommon. I went to school in Warrandyte near the Yarra River. Mm. A lot of tiger snakes there. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, having said that, I saw a few in my time in high school. Yeah. Not, it's not, wasn't, it's not daily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so if you are scared of Australia because of that reason, you're, then you're fine. It's really not a day-to-day thing you're thinking about. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fun if it was. But it'd be, it's like a bi-weekly thing yeah. you're thinking about. Yeah. 
But in different places, you see, you can look at um, compilation videos of uh, snakes being pulled out of people's kitchens and stuff. In yeah. Australia. But they normally look in much uh, sunnier places than Melbourne. Yeah, we're fine here. <laughs> yeah. Go visit in our Hobart. concrete jungle. Yeah, my few bloody uh, bloody concrete snakes. That does all the worst bloody, you'll get is bloody uh, bloody uh, door snake. <laughs> so what they call them? They're a bit terrifying. Yeah, they they bloody they bloody keep the draft out. <laughs> <laughs> keep the good times in. <laughs> <laughs> the good times being heat. Yeah, warmth. And the others, uh, the other Patreon bonus that we do at the end of the episodes is we thank a few of our fantastic patrons. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And normally when we do it, Jess comes up with a little game uh, for us to play, maybe some sort of a title we can give him or some other such thing. It is a little hard with a cult kind of. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to give them a cult name. Well, you can maybe go work, off, uh, work off Joe's deadliest animal thing. Oh, I love that. Yes, let's give them a deadly animal. What they're the the an example of the what type of deadliest animal in the world? So we've talked about some of the deadliest snakes, exactly. deadliest spiders. Yeah. What are they? The deadliest version. Of? Correct. Okay. Great. Well, can I kick it off by thanking from Devon in the United Kingdom? Oh, beautiful. Uh, Devon. This is what I used to date a, a Devon woman, and I, I think she told me that you can speak like a Devon person if you say this: "Ear, eyes, nose, you." Or was that? Cornish, I forget. Anyway, that was my good attempt. Either way, trying to relate to you, Mister Ross Deans. No, uh, she. I think that it was sort of encouraged to lose that accent. She had it. She said she did as a kid. She spoke like that, but in school and stuff, they tried it. Yeah, yeah. Which is sad to me. I think it's a cool accent. Uh, Ross Deans. Ross Deans. Ross Deans. Deadly. Sounds sort of like rusty. But what is it? Ross Deans. Rusty. Rustines. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I was thinking of something else, but if we're going rusty, now I'm thinking of the colour rust. Now I'm thinking a fox. Fox. Deadliest fox. <laughs> Little fox. I like that. But I was thinking, as soon as you say rusty, there's only one person I think of, and he is a crow. Yeah. Oh, the fox crow. Fox Deadliest crow. fox crow. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, it's, it's really. Sewed together. It's gross. From bibs and bobs. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yes. It's a flying fox. It's a crow. Just sewn to the back of a fox, yeah. and they're both looking uncomfortable. Like that Simpsons thing. Yeah, that's right. The and rat the, bird. The crow's it? trying to fly away, but it can't figure out why it can't. And the fox is just like, oh, stop this flapping. The fox is walking, and the crow's just sort of like, yeah. Air walking. That's horrific. Yeah. So, so, so Ross Deans. Sorry, Ross Deans. Ross Deans. Who else would you like to thank? I'd also love to thank from Winnipeg, Canada, Craig. Heinrich. Ooh, that's a great name. So close to the maneuver. I reckon I reckon people in his school would have called him the maneuver. That's how close it is. That's how close. You know what maneuvers in a strange way? A centipede. (laughs) Uh. The deadliest centipede. (gasps) Craig. The deadly centipede. Craig's one of my favorite names. Craig's in is in the same world as Greg and Gary. And can we just I I know in the yeah. The United States of America, they say Craig a lot. Craig. Yeah, do they say that in Canada, Canada as well? Craig? Just in case Craig, we're going to give it to you. Just in case you also don't know how to pronounce Craig. <laughs> we say Craig. We I mean, it's ri- we say it as it's We written. say it correctly, yes. yes. Cra- what really is written Craig. is Craig. 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 Yeah, but where's the E yeah, in Craig. Craig? Craig. Craig makes me laugh. Craig makes me laugh too. <gasps> but that so, could be you, Craig or Craig Heinrich, the world's deadliest 
centipede, which in many ways is a shit snake. Can I thank some people too? That's a brown snake. (laughs) (laughs) Please, 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 please. please. I would like to thank from Santa Rosa Hmm. in California. Oh, wow. Chase Stanley. Oh, boy. Fantastic name. Chase is a great name. Stanley's a great name. Thank you so much, Chase. The deadliest polar bear. Oh. Oh. They're already really deadly. That is a chase I do not want to be involved in. Yeah. Mm. But. A beautiful animal, beautiful. though. Beautiful animal. Extremely deadly. You know when you watch nature documentaries and their white fur is stained with blood from yeah. them eating a seal or something? They look insane. <laughs> you know what sucks, though, is when you like think an animal's super cute and then you find out that it's really vicious and you're like, oh, You'll never be able to... Like, like, I thought they were cute. You can never hug it. And then you find out they're fucking monsters and you're like, yeah. oh. Mm. And Chase is the deadliest of all of those monsters. Yeah, congratulations, Chase. You did that, Jess. I did. For you, Chase. Um, and I would also like to thank from Ajax uh, in, oh. I'm guessing, Ontario in Canada. Yeah. Dylan Haywood. Ooh. Ajax, they were a footy team we used to play against in juniors, and they all had to wear helmets. So okay. I would say uh, he is the deadliest helmeted honey eater. Victoria's uh, state faunal emblem we have a state faunal emblem we've got two the helmeted honey eater and the ring tail possum oh i like a little is that right dave i've definitely heard of the the ring tail being one never heard of the we helmeted have... it sounds like see so how we have a state insect do we really what's our insect no isn't that what you're saying no it's a bird the helmeted honey eater is a bird a bird yeah. the honey eater is a bird Oh my goodness. Up, mate. Come on, mate. How do you not know what a honey eater is? Have you never been bird watching? I almost like heard it. you the first time. I thought you said honey ant. Honey eater. And I was like, all right. <laughs> hey. How we probably it? do have it. Like some, so, some states have a, a state like fossil emblem and stuff. Oh, God. Oh, wow. They go deep on some that is So super... are we going with the helmeted honey eater? The deadliest helmet. Because I was going to go for my uncle had a dog named Ajax and he was a boxer. Oh. But I like helmeted honey eater. Wait. But the bird boxes. It's got little gloves on it. Oh, shit. That is, it's got a helmet. The helmet, like a boxing helmet and little gloves. Yeah. And he's so deadly, but he's so cute. That's what will get you. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, get you oh, little bird got little gloves on. Ah, ah, ah. Like, dead. Yeah. Come here. I got something to tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. cute and bird like. Oh, yeah. Come here. Come flutter, 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 flutter. Death. Uppercut. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So thank you so much to Dylan. I would like to thank, from Marshall in Illinois, Jennifer Welliver. That is not. That goes together so well, doesn't it? That's That's not true. Or Welliver. Welliver. Welliver sounds like Jennifer Welliver. I love that. Who, as a tribute to what I was thinking just then, is the world's deadliest ant. Oh. Just a common ant. ant. Common ant. Oh, no, just the deadliest ant. Common ant. (laughs) (laughs) Of the, no doubt, hundreds of species of ants in the world. Because there are some, aren't there some messed up ants? Yeah, fire ants. Like the bull ants, fire fire ants. Fire ants. But she's just, but she is a common ant, but still deadlier than all the other ants. That's what's more impressive. There's also the one that, that they call the bullet ant, which 
it's supposedly so painful that when you get bitten by one, it's like you've been shot. Right. That's why they call it the bullet ant. And she's ant. even more deadly than that. Yeah. She's like a cross between a bullet ant and a fire ant. Right. She doesn't need any of their gimmicks. No. She just gets the job done. Yeah. I'm just That's an right. ant. NBD. Yeah. Come at me. Deal with it. Come at me, fool. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jennifer Welliver. And I would like to thank, finally, from Birmingham in the West Midlands. Birmingham. Birmingham. We've Part been of there. Team GB. We've and, been there, right? And we, <laughs> we, we, we never announced this, but um, the manager of the club did tell us at that, that stage of the Glee Club, Adele had once played there on her way up. Hello, I'm Adele. And I imagine that she said that. It's me here at the Glee Club, isn't it? <laughs> never mind, I'm fine. Her voice doesn't match her talking voice. What a change up that is. Yeah. Hello, I'm Adele. Do you guys, um, sorry, we probably listeners at home uh, probably should have said full disclosure at the top there. That was me doing an impression of Adele. A lot of you probably just thinking we'd got Adele in just for the end mm, there. And that certainly would, not. Um, we wouldn't waste Adele's time. If we were going to get her in, she'd be doing a report um, yeah. about Adele. But, no, that was just my tip-top impression of the singer Adele. Adele. Surname unknown. Nobody knows. I think it's, it is. it's I'm pretty sure it's Gregson. Unknown. Adele. Adele. Hello, I'm Adele. Etc. Hello, I'm Adele. Did Hang we, on, I'm Adele. Did we give anything to... No, I haven't said their name <laughs> so yet. Sorry. From uh, the West Midlands in Birmingham. <laughs> people are like hanging out because we have a few people from Birmingham, as we know, because they turned Birmingham. up there. Jack Walton. Jack oh. Walton. Wally. Doesn't that sound like a name of someone who in the early 20th, 20th century was like some sort of like multi-millionaire? Yeah. Like Jack, Jack Walton. Walton, inventor of the world's first dishwasher. Yeah. Jack Walton. Yeah. Twirling his cane. Yeah, he's a bajillionaire. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking... The world's deadliest, though. What are you thinking? Walrus. Oh, oh they are awesome animals. Uh, they're one of my fa- <laughs> They're probably one of my favourite tusked marine mammals. Give me your top oh, five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we're, we're right. even... Top two. You think of another one. Narwhal. There we go. Are they your top two? Uh, oh, it is a marine mammal. Yes. Yeah. That feels real good. <laughs> That's probably the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's is the walrus number one or in the top two? Uh, let me let me see if I can find another one in your brain. In your brain, you mean? Oh, in my brain, yeah. Oh, just, just get back to just go to the back just corner. Just sifting through your brain here. Jeez, there's a lot of crossword puzzle cheat websites out there, <laughs> huh? Where what a what this makes a mockery of the. I mean, the, Dave thought the noble of one. crossword game. Dave thought I'm of one. I'm pretty sure this narwhals like the one with the that's the unicorn of the ocean, right? What about will you take hippopotamus? Yes. Oh, Great. Fine. The lower incisor teeth of hippopotamuses, the heaviest of land animals, never stop growing and are considered tusks. I'd I'd consider that so. Is that a fun? That's a fun fact. That's a fun fact. I found that fun. I'm I'm having fun with it. Jack Walton, did you, as the world's deadliest walrus, find that fun? Hmm. But thank you for supporting the show, and thanks to everyone we thank today, and everyone that supports the show in general at Patreon. What a lovely community we are growing there. I'm just going to sing a a quick jingle, naming each of them one more time. Thank you, Jack and Jennifer, Dylan, Chase and Craig, and Ross, Deans. I loved that. Thanks. My face did not 
express that to you. You looked at me with that look that you do when I'm frowning at you when you've tried to make a joke. Oh, hang but on. But what I've done Never try to make a joke. there was support you. And that was great. It felt really nice. I love that. Can you do that wondered, more often? Always wondered what that would feel like to have your support, Jess. Yeah, well, it only I, took you three years. I think it would sound a little something like this. Hello, I'm Adele. Oh, wow. Wow. Adele's on board. How That's do you good. feel? That feels really good. Supported. Just, just mm. wish we knew your last name, Adele Atkins. Yeah. Just wish. <laughs> if only we knew. Adele. I'm Adele Atkins. Her, her passport says Adele. And then if they're like, oh, I don't know if this can, should they just look up from the passport? Like, oh, I'm so sorry, Adele, of course. Oh, my goodness. It's Adele. Because it's Adele. Before she. Imagine your mum being Adele. Like, she's a mum, and that kid's mum is Adele. That does remind me of. Uh, That's wild. That, that tweet wild. I saw of from Tony Hawk, the pro skater. Yeah. He was like, uh, at, this is according to his story. At customs and they're looking at his passport and they're like oh tony hawk that's like the name of the skateboarder wonder what that guy's doing now and he's like this <laughs> boom and then he did like a 360 i imagine huh he did like just turned around yeah in the air the spot. and they're like okay they're like can you come with well. us can you eat <laughs> why any- would they say i wonder what that guy's doing now yeah just look up bro or just like keep that as an inside thought you know? Mm. They don't know how those custom officials. Mm. Yeah, you never know. You never know. But I guess the fun has to stop somewhere, and that time is now. We are going to wrap up this episode, as we always do, by telling you to get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. At Do Go On Pod is the, the handle on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on YouTube. We've, We've got, got a website. bunch of live videos there now. Mm. Yes, from cool. a re- recent tour. Um, and that's youtube.com slash do go on pod. Everything's basically do go on pod. Yep. If you search that yes, in most places. Do go on com, Including that and at gmail.com. Yeah, all the Get stuff. Get in touch. Leave a, a review on iTunes unless you're confused about soy boys. Yeah. No, in which man, case. If you want to leave us a, a positive review with the word soy boy in, that would make yeah, me so love fun. to know yeah, it. Was that rating, like, was it a low rating? Oh, that was a one out of five. Amazing. Yeah, we shouldn't have. Amazing. I don't know why we brought that. There's so many nice ones that. Oh, uh, that's mostly nice. But that one did. That I'm so sorry. But all week I've been hard. laughing about the phrase soy boy. That is such Brilliant. a funny It's annoying that that person who hates us brought me so much joy. <laughs> it's annoying for them because they don't want to bring they, you joy. I know. They, they hate to make me because laugh. Because they. No, I reckon that. Why would you have said it if you didn't want to laugh? People don't say soy boy no, I think to pro- make you feel bad. No, I think they might be trying to bring us down, but really they've brought me up to a new level. Yeah. I've never felt better about this podcast <laughs> yeah. than the fact that we've angered someone. We were going to stop. they we... think mansplaining isn't real. We'll never stop now. We'll never stop mansplaining because oh. it's real, baby. I've been... What I've... is? Mansplaining. <laughs> Let me explain it to you quickly. <laughs> I'm looking into it. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> Genuine. Let's talk about it off the pod. All right, we'll talk about it off air. But thank you so much for for listening. Let and me we'll, explain it to you off the pod. And let me just give a little sizzle here. We'll be back next week with our special annual Christmas episode. Woo! So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, but until then, thank you very much. And I will say goodbye. Later. Goodbye, Abadell. <gasps> Didn't know she could say that. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. 
it's, it's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.